watching Flashback Friday with Henrik and Lana. Streaming live every Friday. the truth. Document it. Prove it. Make it irrefutable and you too will become dangerous to those who admire us in lies and enslave us in socialism. But because they are lying, it's possible to expose them. And this is their Achilles heel. By comparison, we have nothing to hide, therefore we have no reason to lie. And we wouldn't want to even if we could. Truth is a far superior weapon than deceit. It's a weapon which is denied to them. And in the end, it will be the decisive weapon that destroys them completely. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another uh, wonderful Friday is upon us. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a, a great start here to your uh, weekend, whatever you're tuning in. Great uh, of you to join us, whether you're watching on Rumble or Odyssey, through our Telegram, maybe over on X or Twitter, uh, or maybe on, uh, what is it, Kick? We got to as well. I think BitChute is about to start up live, so we'll uh, definitely go out live there too. They have that super chat function there too. Uh, Ooh, so we gotta, chat we gotta bombs, just, was it? Chat bombs. We got to nice. just kind of check out uh, how do how do you, what's the link? Ray, come on. Do we have a link directly? Anyway, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing really good today. A little sun is popping out, and I'm hopeful that it's going to be an early spring because it's already been a, a tough winter. I know a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> come on, sunshine. That's, that's what it is. That's what winter is, right? Tough. At least <laughs> Some are harder rainy. than others. I think it's worse. Depending on what you're going through, too. Worse yeah. when it's rainy, to be honest. Rainy, rainy and Muggy oh, and, no. you know, we got some good snow early on, but then all uh, that deer poop in the backyard too. Just not, need that to freeze. Right now. Can it freeze? Can we just avoid the poop talk? <laughs> first thing, first two minutes. We'll have enough of that in the first couple of minutes. Here, we'll get to the uh, Putin interview. No, I'm just well, oh, then that, that's that. Look, that's something I do want to cover today. Mm. I have quite a bit on that because it's very um, vexatious. Is the, the 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 term I came up with for that? But uh, like anyway, so uh, well, I didn't come up with it, but. Hell, you know yes, I mean. you invented the word. I invented the word. That's what you do. You just invent <laughs> words. Uh, but what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, um, ah, it slipped my mind. I'm sure it'll come back to me. That's that's what happens sometimes. Anyway, guys, if you want to join in today, Super Chats, enterprisestream.live slash TV or Odyssey or uh, Rumble. Also, some of the options there for you guys. I know you have a little bit of uh, stuff you want to go through here in the beginning. But we yeah. have, let me let me do these two here. GC over on uh, Odyssey, is it? Yes, Odyssey. Good evening, Fine friends, good evening to you as well. Thank you for that 1488. We'll also get another 1488 from Ryan Triple G. 
Hello, Henry. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you. Thank you for the support, as always. That's uh, right. So um, we got uh, we got AIM316 here as well over on Rumble. Thank you for that big donor, by the way. Thank you. Very kind of you. Happy Friday, guys. I just signed up as an executive producer. Oh, nice. On awesome. The star. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. I uh, want to show you guys a little uh, more support. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, I think I, th I think it's it. Um, if you are not in the rotation, if you're like your name is not there, there was one name that popped out yesterday on Odyssey. When you have Odyssey, subscribe star, it's on members. You can do it through Donut Box. Some people use the Cash App. It's just so many places that sometimes you kind of just you know you just yes. You, and subscribe star is very hard to like sort names and depending on what tier you're in and sometimes even there's people listed that are no longer act it's all over the place on subscription <laughs> so it's hopeless so anyway if you're not in there redicepropertymail.com reach out let us know and we'll get you in there right away anyway we'll get we'll get to that little segment later in the show obviously but uh yeah anyway i think that's that's clearing off that all right yeah so i can talk about the moon huh we talk about the moon what's going <laughs> the on moon with the moon we didn't land on it cracked yeah, right. <laughs> hey, hey, are you doing the? I, no. I, I still believe I that. I, I still, I still believe that through German ingenuity, yes, and uh, <clears throat> kind of Amer the, an American, what a, a push, maybe a, 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 a an incentive Tenacity to like to drive. show to show uh, the the Soviets, you know, kind of thing. I, I, look, I know there's a lot of unanswered questions about that, and I'm open to that, by the way. But what's interesting, I, I looked at a. Some of the transcripts, right, that did these like weird kind of Masonic rituals up there. There's apparently a different uh, com communication system that they used to do like internal communication, both with each other, but also with like uh, ground control. I That's think. right. And there were all these things. Oh, look at those weird boulders. And what is that about? And like uh, all these other things. And you think if they had faked all that, why would they add in this weird element that kind of seems to suggest that there were stuff up there that shouldn't have been mm -hmm. there? And I don't know, there's all these other, you know, interesting yeah. things that I think the kind of the, that we never went to the moon people kind of avoids. That doesn't make sense. The, 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 there's size things with the thing we see and maybe we did, maybe that was filmed or whatever, but at some point I think they were up there. Anyway, whatever. But are there aliens? Are there Nazis on the moon? Well, that's <laughs> always the big question. Nazis where where are the Nazis? That's ultimately, I mean, the whole the whole Putin interview basically comes, it comes oh down to gosh. Nazis. If you can... So we'll come back know. around to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just the Nazis, <laughs> as always. Okay, speaking 70, of the new... 70, almost new 80 years movie. later, it's still... Nazis live rent-free in most people's heads. <laughs> anyway. So it's a new moon in Aquarius today. Yes, the cycle begins again. You might be feeling the energy. So the idea is to put the past in the past, right? Turn your attention toward the future, including the things that you will do, things you want to do, and things that can happen for your highest good. Now, I definitely believe that we are connected to moon cycles on a subconscious level, whether we realize it or not. So it's good to go along with that energy, right? Release and let go of which the thing which isn't ours is the theme right now to start fresh on an emotional level, allow for a deep cathartic release of anything that's felt pent up from January. And I know that uh, January has been a tough month for a lot of people. <laughs> But it may be time to metaphorically pour out the basin, which is actually the symbol of Aquarius, right? Pouring out the water. Just visualize dumping out that old water and making room for new right now. That's the good energy. Make space for new goals and the visions for the future. And under an Aquarius new moon, we're likely to receive more uh, insights about some of the gifts that we have, things we could put to use. Now, like I said, January was an insane month for many people. I know it was... Uh, Something else for me, it was pretty heavy, but beginning in January, we had Pluto enter Aquarius and stir things up. 
and that's going to be there for <laughs> a couple uh, couple decades. It brought it's bringing massive transformation for all of us, both on an internal and an external level. But Pluto represents death and rebirth, so we may experience some shifts and changes and transformation so be prepared for that but focus on newness and starting fresh and a better you that's the theme for this new moon energy what do you think about that henrik um (laughs) you're like a lot of gay ops for uh, (laughs) the next couple of decades is that what it means i I don't know we'll uh we'll have to see um we'll have to see how how these things uh kind of pan out but i I think there's uh, yeah, it's definitely a new, uh, it's definitely a new kind of phase, I guess. That they're, uh, that they're, it's no accident that they've done a push for like those the Great Reset bullshit and uh, you know the uh, twenty tw- Agenda twenty thirty stuff at this time. Billionaires, uh, billionaires could, use I mean, astrology, yeah, including right? the all the technology stuff, the AI things, and you know some of the tech developments. They always do that around, uh, you know, these types or, or you know. They, they seem to you want to write on those uh, energies, whatever you want to call it, right? Some something to it. So we'll we'll have to see how it pans out. Well, this next thing is kind of funny. So <clears throat> we're entering into the time of Valentine's Day. So a good friend, I'm sure she or her husband is watching, texted me a picture of um, the perfect man available for sale in Fred Meyer. <clears throat> this is in Coeur d'Alene. And uh, I laughed my ass off. It was a picture of this milk chocolate-shaped <laughs> man, an African man. His features look more African, I would say, in boxers. And uh, her text read, I prefer white chocolate. My reply was, is it available in white? No, she said. So I went to Fred Meyer, I rarely do, to go check it out. And uh, I filmed it for you. All right. Let check me, uh, it out. Let me play it. Where are we? Here, here we go. Oh, you don't have the audio. Oh, no, no. It's, oh, yeah, that's right. Here we go. This is the, the one. Perfect Man is on sale for Valentine's Day at Fred Meyer in Quarter Lane, $4.99. No one's buying it. Looks like one person bought it, and I see no white chocolate in The Perfect Man. Yes, that was my daughter in the background. Outraged. Ow! <laughs> Look, I just want to say it's not chocolate. Okay, it's not just chocolate. We all know it. It's why there's only one missing from the shelf. I think <laughs> you can see. It. I mean, doesn't it look like a black man? It looks like a black man. Does he have like whitish features? I don't know. We live in a very white area. Everything is propaganda anymore. I mean, why couldn't they do this in white chocolate anyway? Right? Why couldn't they make it in white chocolate? Well, it's probably because uh, they want to. Uh, what do you call it? In in. Induce? No, not induce. What, what do you call it? Indoctrinate, I guess is a better term. Uh, indoctrinate uh, the the young ones that buy this stuff. That that's the that's the perfect man right there. <laughs> Some lady was watching me. So were there women? As, was it the perfect woman as well? No, it's just the perfect man. Because well, I guess it's I guess just women want, that eat the chocolate, right? I want that for the boys too, it's I guess. Because and, yeah, because <laughs> the the men. Yeah, because usually. It's men getting the chocolate for the women. What who what hmm. man's gonna go pick that up for his wife? I mean, seriously. But Isn't we, this more for like single cat ladies or something then? <laughs> I, guess I would so. assume. The dreaming that they had a I was yeah, sub Saharan. Oh my gosh. But we know <laughs> even candy is political now because remember when Skittles did the white Skittles for Pride Month oh, yeah, and it was right. an outrage. Where was that? Do you remember that? Yep, I do. White Pride, I had some friends send me those Skittles in mm-hmm. the mail. I think yeah, I still we have a, them. We, I, was I still a have copy. them somewhere. Weird. We have a copy downstairs somewhere. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is a copy, right? They're yeah, and they were, they were outraged about these white Skittles. 
Yep. Because it said white pride. They said, well, it took away the rainbow. And now it's just, you know, white well, pride skittles. Whites is, you know, it's that's the the color that has every color in it, right? Yeah. Uh, right, so why not white chocolate, too? What the hell, you know? I don't know. And then another good friend texted me a picture of this while shopping for toys for her niece. This is also in Fred oh, Meyer. Yeah, I have one. very cool friends, by the way, that send me these things. And it see. was, it's Where a, here? yeah, you'll find There we go. There we go. You can be anything Barbie collection. And what is she? The white girl Barbie doing? Babysitting a black baby. Of course. <laughs> it's like, again, this is in a very white town. No one was buying it. It's on sale. I didn't see a black girl babysitting a white baby for sale. Not that we want that, but come on. Can I, can I you know? note something there? It says Donna, babys- babysitting adventure. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what it would be. On the phone. <laughs> well, do you t- is that the selfie you take to upload to your uh, t- TikTok or Instagram or something or the video? Like, look at how based I am with my... Look um, at me! Right? My diverse... This diverse baby I'm babysitting. Uh, now, yep. all of this is being pushed to little little girls, right? Yep. White girls, normalizing the idea of taking care of a black baby, <laughs> right? Because, you know, black women, they'd be complaining if it was a black babysitter with a little blonde baby because, you know, racism or something, but... Even if they do have that, I didn't see it on the shelf. There may be this kind of combo where they reverse it, but oh yeah. Then there's this this one. You can be anything you want to be. So you have the anti-racist black teacher lecturing this cute little white blonde on, you know, white people bad. Let me compute two plus two uh, is five. (laughs) Sure, there there might be other combos. You think there's any CRT on that laptop right there? (laughs) CRT, huh? Barbie. D- DEI initiatives, <laughs> perhaps? I don't know. Yeah, and in the Probably. picture, though, they show this little, like, on the left corner there, mm-hmm. the white the white teacher. I yeah. didn't see her available. Now, this is a white area, so I can't help but to feel that Fred Meyer's, like, selling and pushing to th- this to their quarter lane uh, racist customer base, right? Kroger bought Fred Meyer, um, but no one was buying it. And I was I was gonna film something, but the guy working there kept staring at me, and he was kind of creepy. Said, so. <laughs> <laughs> "Can you stop looking at me right now?" It's like he knew I was up to something. He so probably just would, he probably the customers always right. Get the fuck out of my face, man. Um, yeah. But it's clear though. I mean, they cut their losses on those things. I, I just want to mention that that's that is the problem with transnational global homo corporations because they basically like they push that in every part of the world and then if there's an area which is yeah it's, it's white they don't you know they don't care about that they don't develop things specifically for this little region you know what i mean i bet you if so. i i go back like in a month that uh black chocolate man is going to be like 99 cents <laughs> because anytime they try and show the the black Santas in Quarter Lane, they're always on clearance. My friends always send pictures laughing. And in fact, in our Christmas party, speaking of the Quarter Lane area, one of our good friends, she bought one of those black Santa soaps and put it in the bathroom. And I was the last to know as a joke. Everyone's like, na- everyone's like, nice black Santa. I was like, what is everyone talking about? And then I go in there and everyone's laughing at me because I didn't see the black Santa soap. That was really funny, Lori, mm-hmm. by the way. So I just want to say, though, it's clear with Barbie that they don't want to encourage motherhood. It's just babysitting and career. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yep, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Well, and then if you do have a child, if you happen to find yourself in that situation, then yeah, you have a you have a mixed child. You mix yourself up. You make sure that uh, whatever it actually is, 20,000 years of, uh, you know, unique development and, you know, evolution or whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you believe in, if you, or if you believe you're created equal. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the, the program. Created, well, obviously unequal, but uh, 
different, right? We're created differently or, uh, or we're slowly evolved, you know, through uh, natural selection pressures. Whatever you believe in, the point is we are separate. And then they just think, well, uh, we can just do away with that. Let's do away with 20,000 years, you know, <laughs> just in one generation. Boom. Great yeah, choice. That's, that's funny. Is there CRT on that laptop? I know. Now I want to look like what's on there. Yeah, you can zoom in. <laughs> Can zoom in, look white, white, white man bad. I think that's what it says, <laughs> for sure. It. And it's always uh, too that the black dolls they always have these very white looking features. They just have mm-hmm. dark skin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, that is true. I guess. Anyway, uh, we should talk about Valentine's. Yeah, we have uh, maybe next time says solar eclipse this year. Fourteen. Oh, is it another? Huh? Oh, it's the is is it the one cutting off on the other end? Right. We've talked about that. The X marks the spot kind of thing. At least when it, America is concerned, right? You had. Charlottesville, and what was it, like a week later, you had that, like, just division kind of eclipse through. And then you have another one now coming up the other way, I believe, right? It's a little bit more of the southwestern states, like Texas, that area, and then straight up across to the, like, the main area, I think, or something like that. But anyway, the point is, you know. That's cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's cutting cutting shit in uh, in half, basically. That's what it's doing. Uh, okay. So Valentine's not, Day. Not one here. One oh, more here. Uh, Ryan yeah. Triple G uh, says, and thank you, Ryan. Appreciate that. Some Jew in a corporate boardroom in L.A. or New York City make sure the Coeur d'Alene location for that store got chocolate abomination. <laughs> it's pretty, specifically send them there. I, I wonder when they because, oh, you know, you do have that as, a, as an aspect, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I am convinced that whether it's like, uh, what do we talk about? Like FedEx or something like they like let's. Uh, they've done apparently they do this with like nurses right you have national networks let's get some tranny drivers over there you've seen that right let's push this is too white this area so the corporate head office is like we need since they're already dei you know uh, their mind space is on that it was crt let's use our ability what we can do to like make areas less white that are too white according to their standards so they like ship people there literally import (laughs) new people into these areas Help them to like get a place to stay just to work there to be present. Oh, yeah, there's I, I, one. I don't have any proof for that, but I'm like certain that happens. You know? There's one uh, crazy tranny uh, FedEx driver that actually lives in Washington and does routes in Quarter Lane. I, I've heard about this thing, this abomination from so many friends. They don't want their kids seeing it when it comes to the door. It blasts its music so loud to blaring its like inappropriate, like, you know, gay dance music, whatever. Um, so a lot of people were complaining, <laughs> like yeah. calling up and complaining, trying to get it fired. Yeah. I wonder if that worked. If that was I'm just not a, sure. Those transphobes, you know, in Coeur d'Alene. But then you have like, you know, local people anyway, like the theme park, you know, they're like, yeah, let's hire a, a, a tranny to oversee <laughs> the little kids rides. Remember that? Exactly. Yeah. They ship them you know in I mean? Silverwood. They ship in. They yeah, but ship that was in, they that, let that's what I'm saying. That's not even like a national chain. That's actually like a local family owned theme park that's been in the area for a long time. And then I they believe do I wrote and like complained that. about that. By uh, the way. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people did, well, honestly. As, as we should. I mean, if you're yeah. against something, act on it. I mean, we we sit here and like you know bring attention totally to these things, but like yeah, just act, yeah. You know, I remember that thing had call, these like call Fred Meyer and all of them, send him a letter. You know, tell him uh, about this and you, like put pr- we get a 
all of us, everyone here, have to be better at like putting pressure on things when we see it happening, as opposed yeah. to just like being, I'm outraged on the internet, you know, kind of thing. Well, no one buys it. It's, I it's, mean, and again, it's, not it's maybe always clearance. Not the most important thing, but you know, so pick your battles. So in terms of time or whatnot, but it doesn't hurt to. This, it doesn't hurt to start whining and complaining. This like, doll thing, shit. though, is is important because I have one of our good friends in Kentucky. You know who you are. Was telling me about these liberals that moved in next door. They're white. And the little girl was playing with her daughter and she and then she started having a conversation with her, my friend, and she was talking about how she just wanted a black baby so much that black babies are just the cutest and I can't wait to have a black baby. Mm-hmm. It's like, where did she get that from? <clears throat> yeah, I wonder why. Where did she get that from? Her mom, the toys, you know, it rubs off. I wonder why. <laughs> That's why <clears throat> it is. This whole doll thing is sinister. So remember delete that under this, but you know. Remember whatever. the white, um, the black dolls video I did? White girls, black dolls. And I got into the doll experiments and like how awful mm-hmm. they said it was back then that black girls had to play with white dolls, but now it's all in reverse. Yeah, that was an oldie. Yeah. Goody. Yep. And then, of course, good good old, uh, what's it, Gunnar Mudal from Sweden? Uh, oh, you white Americans are racist. Was it Gunnar Mudal? Yeah. It was. It I forget it. the name of the what book. What was his name again? Let me he see. He comes it. over for a little visit from Sweden yeah, this and socialist, is like, like telling a, Americans, like, you need to love Yeah, an Negroes. American dilemma, the Negro problem and modern democracy. Coming from 1944 Sweden. 1944 study of race relations, 40s. authored by Swedish economist, socialist, commie, shitbag, Gunnar Mudal. Yeah, exactly. For, funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York. <laughs> so of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, let me see here. Let me see. Yeah, I remember that uh, it's one. a long page to go through. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you have a bunch. You, they do shit like that all the time, right? Let's see? Yeah. Anyway, okay. We'll go through that, uh, <laughs> we'll go through that in detail another time. <laughs> okay. So Valentine's Day. It's based on uh, Lupercalia. Let's, let's talk about that. Hopefully I pronounce that right. Valentine's Day, as we know, it's not about uh, chocolate that resembles an African man. In fact, it has nothing to do with Africans whatsoever or multicultural. It's based on an ancient European tradition in Rome. Lupercalia was a festival of ancient Rome, and it was observed every year, February 13 through 15, to purify the city, promoting health and fertility. This was a, a Roman, Lupercus in, is a Roman fertility god. Yes, I love this. So she wolf will get into that. He's a protector of the farmers, harvesting in packs of wild animals. Every year on February 15th, in honor of him, the Romans held Lupercalia, right? They also honored Lupa, the she-wolf. Now, she is important into the, the, the central, the, the foundation of Rome and its myth, which we'll get into, but... Uh, every year, February 15th, in honor of him, the Romans held uh, Lupercalia. They also honored Lupa, the she-wolf. Uh, Lupercus helped the she-wolf take care of Romulus and Remus. And Lupus, of course, means wolf from Latin. And as I said, wolf is a central in the myth of the founding of Rome. Now, in Roman mythology, I'm going to play this cool little clip so you guys can hear the mythology. But Romulus and Remus are twin brothers whose story tells of the events that led to the founding of the city of Rome and the Roman kingdom by Romulus. Now, this myth was at the heart of the the Roman Empire. Two brothers raised by a wolf, which is really cool. And then we'll get back to the uh, Valentine's connection. Check that out. play this? Yes. All right, let's do it. Rhea Silvia was the daughter of Numitor, king of Alba Longa, when her father was deposed by Amulus, the usurper. Rhea was forced to serve among the Vestal Virgins so that she would not continue her father's lineage. 
But Rhea Silvia was seduced by Mars, the Roman god of war. She gave birth to twins Romulus and Remus, but the children were born condemned to death. Amulius ordered the two children to be thrown into the Tiber. Rhea Silvia was imprisoned, and the children were put in a basket and thrown into the river. The children were carried by water to certain death, but this was not the will of the gods. As fate would have it, the basket was left stranded on the banks of the river. Hey, where stealing, a she-wolf hey, was Moses, her they thirst. stole the story. <clears throat> Contrary well, to expectations, so the she-wolf did not devour the babies. She took them from Wasn't the riverbank. Wasn't that Gilgamesh, too, in the basket or something? Or maybe, maybe it was a different myth. Right. Near the Capitoline and Palatine hills. In her cave, the she-wolf suckled the two boys. Thanks to the, the she-wolf's milk, wolf. one of the most important cities in the world arose. Pastor Faustulus found the children under a fig tree. On the branch of the tree was a woodpecker, a bird sacred to the Latins. The shepherd rescued the children and raised them together with his wife. The brothers grew up to be strong and daring young men. They were hunters and robbed travelers who crossed their land. One of these raids did not end well for Remus, who was captured and taken to Alba Longa. Romulus wanted to rescue his brother, but before that, his adoptive father revealed the truth about his noble ancestry. Upon learning that his grandchildren were still alive, Numitor supported Romulus's attack, giving him warriors to help him in battle. Romulus led the attack on Alba Longa. During the battle, Amulius, the usurper of the throne, was killed and Remus was rescued. Romulus and Remus returned the crown of Alba Longa to their grandfather but found that their fate was not in the city. They gathered some men to found a new one, close to the place where the she-wolf rescued them. Romulus and Remus disagreed on where the city should be founded. Romulus wanted to choose the name Rome and found it near the Palatine Hill. Remus wanted to name the city Remora and found it on the Aventine Hill. The brothers began to build their respective settlements. But when Romulus began to set the sacred boundaries of his territory, the dispute between the brothers reached a critical level. Remus again disagreed with his brother. In an act of provocation, Remus overstepped the borders of Rome. Romulus attacked his brother in a fit of rage. Even though Rome was founded in a brotherly tragedy, it grew and prospered over time. Romulus reigned over the city for 38 years. At the end of his life, Romulus was raptured by the gods and divinized. Rome's founder came to be idolized as the warrior god Quirinius. In the following centuries, Rome became the most important city in the ancient world. A great empire emerged from Romulus's founded city. Okay, so okay. Mars seduced her. She has these two very important babies, right? Uh, they're the twins' mom. So back to this V-Day connection within the Lupercal. The priest would sacrifice a goat and a dog. Come on, all religions sacrificed, right? It's not uh, satanic. It wasn't some satanic practice. And it's not satanic when uh, Christians do it, right? So the, the hide of the goat, which symbolized uh, fertility, among other things, was cut into strips or thongs and dipped in the goat's blood. Then the blood was also smeared on the foreheads of the two luperci, as they call them. Then they would run through the streets, swatting people with the bloody goat hide thongs and women oh, actually the painting there yeah, yeah okay go, go ahead women actually wanted the lupercalia friendly whip because it was thought to bring 
fertility and healthy pregnancy. So around this time, there was also a large matchmaking event where guys chose a woman's name from the jar. Yeah. So this time of year became, yeah, there you go. Associated with marriage (laughs) marriage and babies and fertility. And it's tied in with this this wolf deity and all Mm -hmm. the founding of Rome. You know, it's all kind of together, right? Purification and fertility. Uh, Then came Christianity and legends about a persecuted, you know, Saint Valentine. There's no proof of this, but they claim that uh, pagan Claudius II jailed this Valentine character for uh, marrying Christian couples this took the this happy kind of fun pagan celebration trying to make it about more about like martyrdom as opposed to this open uh, fertility and and purification festival but the name saint valentine valentine's day kind of remains just like saint patrick's day right and um, it's when that's actually based on austera mm-hmm. the spring equinox which will be experiencing next but covering up the original roots of this tradition but ultimately the root of it is still there. This is how powerful these ancient uh, traditions are. It's uh, love, fertility, and romance. So couldn't kill that off, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like... But what, they could give us black chocolate. Lu- <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it, that just also shows you the degradation of, of the thing, right? If you're just like how it's you know based in something, then it becomes another thing, which is really kind of an you know hijacking of it or like an illusion and then now we're even losing those things and now it's just becoming about yeah chocolate or gifts or you know materialism or shit like this you know i mean it's just like a degradation like a devolution of uh, you know traditions right or or mythology uh or reasoning why we do stuff right uh but yeah if you want to find this you know just mention this real quick but uh, uh etruscans right there's like a proto uh, Italian. They, they've even said one of the reasons why Rome became so successful, uh, in part, is because of a, an Etruscan uh, citizen who taught the at that time kind of the backwards, uh, you know, <laughs> Romans that didn't they weren't advanced at all. It was like all Etruscan, like they, they were the they were the shit back then, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, what is it called again? Uh, 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 assessment. You you basically do a oh shit, what's the word? <laughs> I'm totally spacing on it. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. Uh, you know, you 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 check what you have. You know, inventory is the wrong word either. I'm, I'm, my brain is completely fried today for some reason. Um, but you you uh, check what you got. You uh, adapt according to the everything. You know, a survey, basically, like a sur- survey. I guess there's a, a different term for it, but that's w- what they do, right? Survey what they have, lands, resources, population. You know, and, and just basically make it this very kind of cold. Uh, method- methodical kind of calculating way of like going about well conquering others and expanding your territories and you know bringing them into the fold and stuff like that but uh etruscan i mean that goes way back and i, I just you know just scrolling through there's some really cool stuff here mm-hmm. one of the world's greatest archaeological finds second quarter of the sixth century bc the montiloni chariot right Am I, looking at, am I looking at a I'm sun looking, symbol there? Yeah, yes, yep. I am. Etruscan pendant with a large equilateral cross of concentric circles flanked by small, four small right-facing swastikas. <laughs> 700 to 650 BC. And I mean, that's Nazis. not... Nazis. They were Nazis. Is a, well, it goes back to Nazis. I know. Um, which is funny, right? But uh, uh, this now this is a pendant, technically, so it's not one of those brass tets, but does it remind you of anything? Earliest depictions of Odin, right there? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. Um... So it's just, it's very 
very similar. Where did we go? Where, where did it go? I'm all I'm all out of. Are whack you saying here. the Vikings really built? Uh, I'm Roman saying there's a <laughs> proto-Indo-Aryan, if you prefer that term, or Indo-European civilization that uh, yes they shared things and yes the swastika was very important to them and in fact ukraine as we'll go on to here next has some of the oldest depictions of these things versus mm-hmm. civilization they're called the uh, arata right uh, which goes back like ooh, i forget what is it 20 to speculate 12,000 years like that there's the, the, and now because of everything right with the war and stuff it's not like that they're like prioritizing archaeological work or anything in that area right um, but the point is it's a, it's a shared common European heritage and culture uh, that tied these things together yeah. and yes you had migrations one group goes north or the group in the north goes down south and there's cross kind of pollination whatever but they're all belonging to the same extended um, family really Merging like Yamnaya with hunter-gatherers way back when, right? Uh, the invade, the Aryan invasion, as they call it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that kind of takes us to the next topic. But before that, let me take this. Ice of Odin over at Rumble says, Howdy, my marriage will be on Valentine's Day. There you go. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. So that's, uh, yeah, 14th. So we'll see. I just forgot to mention earlier. We'll see if that chocolate's still there then. i got to go back <laughs> after that, after the 14th and see. Uh, maybe they removed it. Uh, Genius move. Eyes of Odin says, ha Anyway, uh, and always remember, it's a war against Nazis, bro. Don't pay attention to, uh, to I guess, to the Jews actually committing the crimes they're accused of uh, of others of. Yes, exactly. We'll, we'll get to uh, that whole thing with the Putin interview here in a second. Uh, thank you, Eyes of Odin. Good to see you. Dershia Rusker says, it's the Nazis' fault. Uh, das kann nur ein Nazi sein. Despite all the uh, takes in the interview, the device division among our circles is still present. Absolutely, yeah. it's a lot of different. Like, uh, we did a poll on our Telegram. Let me see where that. Um, what was the uh, outcome of that? Here, let me check. T dot me forward slash red ice TV. If you want to drop, I think it's still open. I forget how long it, I said it for, but uh, I asked, is it valuable uh, that Tucker interviewed, uh, you know, Putin? And uh, the answer was yes, 48%, uh, no, 27%, and 25% said too early to tell. Yeah, we'll see what the fa- what the fallout uh, is of that, uh, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, we have to do the 314 first, though. Yeah, of course. I forgot. Yes. Sorry. Uh, tell us about it. I just thought that this was funny because I have a, I've had a Radio 314 YouTube that I've saved oh, about that. for years. Yep. For years, and I just never posted on it because we were always posting on Red Ice. And then I get this message yesterday. We've reviewed your content and found severe or repeated violations to our community guidelines. Because of this, we have removed your channel from YouTube. Repeated and severe violations. I didn't have any videos up there at all. So my existence is severe and a repeated violation of their community guidelines. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, what do they see it as? They see it as... uh, as like yeah, you're trying to take uh, technological circumvention. What was the term they used for it? I, I forget what it was, but it's something like that. It was basically like, oh, the, you, you're trying to, you know, and, and that's why like you, you know, you set one up and they nuke your channel after a while. But the point is, I think it's kind of uh, look. Maybe like AI does this or something. They, I, I know they go to like, oh what God. account did you have or were logged in with when you created the account? And if that's linked, I think one of the accounts now that we have to like. You know, because if you do watch YouTube and you want to save a video or, so, or like favorite it or make a playlist or remember some things or whatever, that account 
you cannot start a new channel now. That used to always be the case, right? You used that account to create a new channel. Now it just you can't do it. You can't comment with it. Can't do anything. So I'm surprised they even like let us have that account still. But still. Well, yeah. and also I've had plenty of people tell me they've uploaded like three, fourteen interviews I've done and videos, and they they get taken down. Well, it's so like, like it's like Facebook. It's like it's pathetic. well, yeah. Uh, well, God, I mean, they're so pathetic. Of course, but I mean, this is like uh, Facebook and stuff. And other, like it's your no, like your face is banned. What was yeah. it like? The, there's certain individuals like you can't show this person on the social. It network, doesn't matter. You know? I could, like I said years ago, I could bake cookies and put up a video on YouTube, and it was going to get banned. You know, that's how that's ridiculous right. it is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so let's uh, let's move on here. Yeah, I haven't actually seen this Tucker interview, so I'll be okay. watching for the first time. All right. Well, I mean, we're not going to play. Wait. Not going to play a two-hour, no. seven-minute, and nineteen-second no. uh, interview here. We don't have time for that. I've pulled out a couple of things which I found the most interesting. Uh, <laughs> but I do. I must say, I do. It, it's it's kind of spurgy and funny in a way, and I get that a lot of people are like. Uh, you know, we'll just play the, in, the the first like few minutes when we get started. Now, I personally like history. I don't have anything against history. I think it's good to know history, and and even if it's a history that's either even if it's I'm not saying it's good if it's wrong, but I'm saying at least then from somebody's perspective, like like a world leader, right? Like Putin. It's like well, it's better to hear an interview with the guy than not to hear an interview with the guy and frankly some things were even more crystallized uh, for me in this uh, for that reason so i think it's better to hear them talk right i suppose it's like hyperventilating hysteria on the part of some shit libs and like other mainstream media people are like we have to ban tucker and like the eu like, is going to impose sanctions even, and stuff like you can't even I, look can't I even talk I, to a world leader that's absurd of course it is right and and, and i'm not you know we're not supportive of, of putin and we'll show you uh, you know why in this interview now there and having said that there's some things that he gets right there's some things he sure. i think are justified there's some things that are uh, true, and I'll highlight those a little bit later too. Of like some of the reasoning, which I'm like, okay, okay, so far so good. And then all of a sudden, like almost in a schizo way, like, okay, but you talked about NATO and like expansion and the EU membership, and maybe even putting maybe nukes or so. You know, there's all these weird talks about happening at the time, putting those on Ukrainian soil. But then he just becomes about like Nazis all of it, like all of a sudden, you know, instead of like. NATO involvement, CIA gay ops, and coups, Communists. which is like, okay, 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 I get it. Like, that's that's not good. But then it's like, but my Nazis, right? So anyway, we'll get to them. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But I will say this. I think Putin is one, he's not, he might be either dishonest or he doesn't know his history, some parts of it at least. But at least he can sit down and for two hours talk about the history of his nation. And again, even if it's an erroneous one or, or whatever, can you imagine like Joe Biden sitting no down and like you know, like going on for like two hours about something or even other like, um, you know, leaders in, in other Western countries, right? Uh, I, I don't think they I don't think they would, to be honest. No. And, and no many can. They don't even have that interest. It, it seems uh, I'm saying this like it's admirable, at least from the point of view, that, like he genuinely seems interested, at least mm -hmm. even if that's from like, let's just obviously that, that anybody would do this. It's his job. He's he's not the leader of, you know, he's not the leader of America. He's not the leader of some African countries, the leader of, of Russia. And it's in a, in that way than his to push his country's interest. Right. And the Russian establishment interest, I guess, to a certain extent. That's just kind of makes sense. I'm not saying he shouldn't be 
you know, oh, he needs to just be more objective when no one else in the world essentially is objective. Mm-hmm. Everybody's subjective on to push their own thing. But having said that, so 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 that those are some admirable uh, traits, I guess, of the guy. And so he knows his history and stuff like that, right? Um, but so let's play the first two minutes because it's like Tucker's. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like, okay, it's like, why did you invade? <clears throat> and it's a well, you see, in the year eight hundred, and it's kind of spurgy. And I personally think it's funny because, like, he brings up, you know, Rorik, right? The Rorik dynasty, and and um, you know, we named our son Rorik after uh, Rorik, who's a Scandinavian Viking slash Varangian, right? Um, prince who came down to rule. Kind of so like, oh, I'm interested in this history. This is great. Let's see what he what he knows, and he's going to go through like the early Rus history of uh, of it. So anyway, let's let's play a little portion of that because I did find that funny. And it, it, you know, without saying too much, Tucker was like kind of like annoyed with this. Like, what do you? I get it in one way. He was he wanted to like straight down to it. Like, you yeah. know, let's not beat around the bush here. Like, why did you invade, you know? Uh, and you can kind of see his snarkiness at certain points. But anyway, let's play a little bit here. Or a serious conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the quote. <laughs> Thank you. It's a formidable <laughs> serious conversation. <laughs> because your basic education is in history as far as I understand. Yes. So if you don't mind, I will take only 30 seconds or one minute to give you a short reference to history for giving you a little historical background. Please. (coughs) That's 30 seconds or like a minute. Are you ready? Are you ready for 30 seconds Mm -hmm. or a minute? In the year 800. It's a, I'm not, is that a Russian thing? Maybe I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of funny. And so people, no. it's not a Russian thing. <laughs> it's people making fun of it. It's, it's the memes are already out. Like, so why did you invade Ukraine? Let me take you a few minutes to explain the history. Please do. <clears throat> it was a stormy day in Ukraine back in the year 4753 <laughs> BZ. Tsar Batakan is dismounting his horse at the marketplace to purchase a furse and provisions for his long journey ahead. Tucker, it's just Russians like, like literature, you know, they're known for that. <laughs> Why did Russia invade? Well, you see, in the year 862. <laughs> <laughs> that's the And it's like, that's, I appreciate that. It's funny and it's kind of spurgy in a way, but it's, but it is, it's not that it's not, it is important. It's true. I mean, you have to kind of set the, the, set the stage. Maybe yeah. this is not his opportunity. Again, even if that is dishonest, even if, it, or or even if it's inaccurate, or even if you have disagreements about it, that history, as as one should, right? That's just what it is. Poland's interest, which he brings up all the time, like, goddamn Poland, you know, kind of thing, um, will have their version of things, right? Well, we had this territory, you're seeing, 1652, and therefore the borders should go back, right back yeah. to that, you know, kind of thing. That's just w- what it is. But anyway, I'm, I'm just, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's play a little bit of its answer here. Let's look where our relationship with Ukraine started from. Where did Ukraine come from? The Russian state started gathering itself as a centralized statehood, and it is considered to be the year of the establishment of the Russian state in 862, <laughs> when the townspeople of Novgorod invited a Varangian prince, Rurik, from Scandinavia to reign. In 1862, Russia celebrated the 1,000th anniversary of its statehood. And in Novgorod, there is a memorial dedicated to the 1,000th anniversary of the country. 
1882, Rurik's successor, <laughs> Prince Oleg, who was actually playing the role of regent at Rurik's younger son. Russians made a movie about this too. Mm. Because Rurik had died by that time, came to Kiev. He ousted two brothers who apparently had once been members of Rurik's squad. So Russia began to develop with two centers of power, <coughs> Kiev and Novgorod. Now I want to play a little bit of that because it's kind of interesting, right? Because he recognizes here that the foundation of Russia, the heart of Russia, is Kiev. Right, mm -hmm. which is in Ukraine, and I mean, he goes on here for like this is literally like thirty, at least thirty minutes, like history all the way up, right? <laughs> which is like, look, it's it's important. Well, what for them, it is. No, of it, co it of is course, it is. I mean, uh, you know, it's a historical dispute. Yeah, anyway. but then it's so this the this, the spin here that that happens, right? Which is interesting because they basically, you know, he attributed it. I'm going to paraphrase this. I listened to this, you know, twice. First, I was like, wait a minute. I was, okay, so what happened here? You know, you all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you lose the power center in Kiev because basically the the golden golden horde, right? The Mongols push in, mm -hmm. and you basically lose that. And it was basically because they, they sacked, uh, um, you know, places that were further down south where Kiev is, right? And so some of the states up in, or you know, uh, cities, I guess, towns up in the northern parts were were stronger. They wasn't sacked as hard, so they basically maintained. So they that's how the Muscovites, the whole Moscow 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 thing, kind of started, right? It's like after they basically pulled out and like, okay, we have some remnants here still. Now let's rebuild it up from there, kind of thing. <clears throat> but it's this thing. What well, the spin here then becomes all the way up through history. And he goes through, uh, you know, where's the example I wanted to take here? Yeah, like, uh, uh, what was it again? Uh, yeah, the po Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth is brought up, like all oh, these different geez. lines. At, the, at what time were, were they ruled by different areas oh, wow. and stuff like that? But it becomes like this, okay, so you, the argument is basically, you, well, you, so therefore Ukraine doesn't exist, right? These were just borderlands and it's really doesn't you know connote any ethnic group or anything like that and i just i i think that's dishonest i i don't think that's true at all as i said some of the oldest parts of what became european civilization has its roots in the ukraine kind of area yeah. you know what i mean domestication of the horse took place that and granted it might not be the exactly the same ethnic group that did those things that is there today or whatever right but the heart was there of of russia and it feels a little bit Without Kiev, it has lost its its heart. It would be like mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, I'm not sure if the Byzantium is the right you know right thing to compare to, but if it's like you you lost Constantinople and now you you're without Constantinople, your issue would be like, oh, let's try to get that back and and rebuild that with the Only. heart. You can't just like kind of let that go, or you know, I mean, of, of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. But in this yeah. case, the stance is since they can't have it, then. It feels to me that it's like, well, therefore, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't exist. It, 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 it's just a. It's a. What, what was the term he used? It's like downplaying it, it. Yeah, the term he used was like if if it's um, if it's uh, it's basically just like the, the the former Russian lands. You know, that's basically what it is, which gives him this like. Therefore, I can you know just kind of take it back essentially, or or, or at least those part of it. I, again, I think there is some. 
legitimate claims of what happened in eastern uh, Ukraine and the Maidan, uh, you know, coup and like the CIA gay op and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of to it. But I mean, an example that would be that would be like Finland or whatever, like. Well, you know, that was just an eastern colony of Sweden. Give it, give it, give it back. We can do the lands formerly known as Sweden to the east are now ours. Like, where do you? It becomes how far silly. back do you want to go? Exactly right. Yeah. Do you get my point? It becomes kind of silly of sort. There's certain. What I'm saying is, every area essentially in the world have gone through a version of this in some way or another before it formulated into what it actually is. Right. Mm -hmm. You could argue that. Um, nor well, the Norwegians doesn't don't really exist because you see there's a root people uh, that um, uh, had their history uh, co-joint history with Danes and Swedes around the Lake Vannen, which is today in Sweden. So Norwegians don't really exist, and furthermore, we controlled them for a while anyway. So we should just take that back now. And <laughs> you know what I mean? You could you could break this down however yeah. much you want, essentially. Yeah, for, oh, the Grand Duchy of Finland, and then it was back and forth. It was Sweden for a while. It was Russia for a while. They try to get you know that take that back, but the point is, they've done the same. To their to other parts of the world too, right? With Russification of Finland, it was a great revolt against that, and and so therefore you can understand where a lot of the animosity comes from, both in Ukraine, especially after the Second World War, which we'll get to with the Nazi stuff, right? Uh, but like a lot of animosity against some of these countries and stuff. But we kind of find ourselves where we are right now, right? With the countries that we have, and it's like to try to redraw borders or say this was mine or this. Doesn't that kind of make him, even if that's historic, you know, you could argue the history of this, right? But like the, the Nazis were accused of like, oh, Lebensraum, right? These, the, the Polish territory used to belong to Germany, so we're going to take them back. What's the difference, really? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're the Nazi now, Putin. Hmm? <laughs> I'm not going to go down that route, but you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, you can you can argue this. But the point is, every, every I mean, they're the same people. All the Ukrainian friends I have and Russian friends, like, they don't want to fight. It's dumb. Yeah, but as Russia has become more of a kind of a multi-ethnic, multi-religious society, uh, they've expanded more and more to the east, and they've brought in a lot of you know Mongol-looking people into their federation and stuff like that. And so that it's not the you know entirely today the Russian Federation is not entirely. Uh, that's not the same ethnic group. It's tons of different. In, in fact, he prides himself on that. Of course, the Western that. side is very different than the Eastern that's side what I'm as saying, well in right? demographics. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have it's the a big landmass. You have that time when uh, you know uh, was it yeah Peter the the Great tried to Europeanize right Russia right, but now they've been forced to join the other side. But anyway, so I just want to play you a little bit of that first clip to like show you. But yeah, the Varangians. This was like okay, we'll give it back to them then. You know, like what, what do you? <laughs> what do you what do you stop? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Uh, the Kievan Rus. Do they have the map of that here? I hated that. Did I mention that? The Sochi Olympics, the opening ceremony, I think it was that 2014. I always hated it. It was so dishonest that they showed that there was like Greeks that came in Viking looking ships to like found Russia. Yeah, was like, that was outrageous. Like what? It was in the guy, Nicholas Rorick, remember that, that name again, uh, guest from overseas. He painted that eight, uh, 1899, mm -hmm. right? Uh, invitation of the Varangians, Rorick and his brothers arrive. Uh, but anyway, so 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 the, there is that shared you know kind of heritage there, common start of Russia, and mm -hmm. now they've kind of lost, if you will, the heart of that. And then it was because the Golden Horde came in, and now it's moved to Moscow. And now you know some people say, well, then the, the, you know it's a different thing. Um, but Poland, right? Poland too. Uh, it, it was not even on the map for 123 years. So you go, well, Poland doesn't really exist. <laughs> it wasn't even on the maps. You know what I mean? Was, where do you draw the line? Where do you begin in history? Um, so anyway, we can play. 
a little bit more of this line here when it says that Putin uh, argues that Ukraine doesn't exist basically until the USSR. And, and again, I think that's I don't agree with that at all. Uh, it's there. I mean, how do you delineate it? Right. Yes, it's an ethnic group, but then it, there's other things. There's cultural geographical differences. These are still big areas, big countries. You have a distinct ethnic group there uh, in, in Ukraine. It goes back thousands and thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of years. Some of the oldest depictions of, you know, some of these sun wheels and swastikas and shit that we so, have. It's in it's in Ukraine today, right? So they are, they are a, a unique group and a unique people, although they're obviously related to the Western Russians, obviously, right? Especially those in the eastern parts of Ukraine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Putin said here, Uh, It doesn't really exist. Listen to this line here. Oh, Black Sea region. That was completely out of the question. In 1654. Exactly. I'm just, you obviously have encyclopedic knowledge of this region, but why didn't you make this case for the first 22 years as president that Ukraine wasn't a real country? The Soviet Union was given a great deal of territory that had never belonged to it, including the Black Sea region. At some point, when Russia received them as an outcome of the Russo-Turkish Wars, they were called New Russia or Novorossiya. But that does not matter. What matters is that Lenin, the founder of the Soviet state, established Ukraine that way. For decades, the Ukrainian Soviet Republic developed as part of the USSR. And for unknown reasons, again, the Bolsheviks were engaged in Ukrainianization. It was not merely because the Soviet leadership was composed to a great extent of those originating from Ukraine. Rather, it was explained by the general policy of indigenous pursued by the Soviet Union. Same things were if done. This, in- if this is true, that's very that's fascinating, right? Because it's like I was heard it was like this. Well, it was a homogenization, rather. It was a centralization of power, homogenization. That even the socialism in Sweden was homogenizing. It was like made a concerted effort to eradicate, you know, vastly different dialects. They wanted a, a riks svenska, a reichs Swedish, like one version of Swedish, you know, things like that. Here, Jimmy Lenin coming in and like, oh, let's, you know, let's make this group distinct and diff- and, and encourage that. I, I don't know if it's true. Maybe it is true. That's fascinating. I'm not sure what the reason for that would be. But it's a lot of this like, oh, well, it kind of happened just under Lenin without saying, well, there is a history here preceding the region for <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, by the that, way, I saw know. lefties like defending Lenin, like, stop blaming this on Lenin. They just love <clears throat> Lenin. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, I, I think saw Because w- there's this weird now lefty, but they're kind of anti. It's Well, that's what, um, that's the neocons, right, essentially. They came out of the, the neo-Trotskyites sure, who were actually yeah. against Lenin. They were, well, especially, specifically Stalin, I should actually emphasize, was more Stalin, right? But... Anyway, let's just finish this clip here. In other Soviet republics, this involved promoting national languages and national cultures, which is not a bad in principle. That is how the Soviet Ukraine was created. After uh-huh. the World War II, Ukraine received... Uh, Ukraine did exist before uh, the Soviets, though, but okay. In addition to the lands that had belonged to Poland before the war, part of the lands that had previously belonged to Hungary and Romania. So Romania and Hungary had some of their lands taken away and given to the Soviet Ukraine, and they still remain part of Ukraine. So in this sense, we have every reason to affirm that Ukraine is an artificial state that was shaped at Stalin's will. Do you believe? 
I don't know if there's a cut there. Tucker didn't talk about that, but whatever. But it's like this. Okay, so you know, again, oh, it's Romanian. Some Romanians live there, and some Hungarians. And so it doesn't really. Again, you can you can slice up any. This mm-hmm. is the history of Europe. Like, have you you? I should maybe brought it in, but like one of those maps that are like a time lapse of just like how the borders change and oh, what sure. country pops up and everywhere like around the world. Like, yeah. You know, it's like that's just well, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. But many of those ethnic cultures were still there and tied to the land, no matter what political entity swept over them That's or right. took them over or tried to starve them out or whatever. I mean, again, Holodomor, as far as I know, was not brought up in this, in, you know. That's like, outrageous. Why, why would they side with the Germans, as we'll get to here soon, right? Why, why did they fight the Bolsheviks, the Judeo-Bolshevik communist, you know, Marxist ideology? Yeah, because so far right now he's took over. He's talking about communists, Bolsheviks. Like, okay, yeah, it's like what they did. They've ruined things, right? Well, uh, but then it's almost like this kind of, uh, well, you know, yeah, they do. Let me see. How, how do we tie it together? Yeah, they did that. Uh, is there a value judgment of that? Okay, well, that's good then, or is that bad? I guess it, I guess in, in one way, maybe he's alluding to that that's bad that they did that in that part of the world. At the same time, as far as I know, there's other statements where I've said that the collapse of the Soviet Union was one of the greatest uh, disasters in the uh, 20th century, I believe, right? Isn't that one of them? Um, so, you know, you could pick and choose, I guess, what quote you want to take in order to affirm this or, or that or another. But you know, I'm going to come around to that with communism in a little bit as well. Let, let me see what Tucker asked him after that point, because it's like there's so much, there's so many, so many things you could ask this guy at that point. And I get it. They don't have, you know, three days to sit down and talk about the whole, you know, history here. But it's like, Tucker, can you tell me more about the Danzig Corridor in, like, you know, like in the, in the 18, uh, late 1800s? You know, it's like he doesn't he doesn't know some of this stuff. So this is like, OK, he's just kind of sitting there like, what, what am I supposed to say about this? Yeah. That's what some people did. What was it? The meme here? There's another one. Uh, what was this? Here we go. What was it? Uh, I guess it, this is the the based Putin folks here. Just uh, uh, si- sit down and learn history, and merry mutt. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, I, I still think this one is more fun, funnier. Uh, what is Petshinigan? Petshinigi. I guess the Shirusker would, uh, would know this. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, let's see what Tucker said there. Let's go back. If to Hungary that. has a right to take its land back from Ukraine and that other nations have a right to go back to their 1654 border. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. It, it's he's making the point that I would as well. It's like what what do you draw the line? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure whether yeah, they should go back know. to the 1654 yeah. borders. Yeah. But given Stalin's time, so-called Stalin's regime, which as many claim saw numerous violations of human rights and violations of the rights of other states, one may say that they smiling. could claim back those lands of theirs while having no right to do that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's the point. That's the point of that I want to play. Uh, now let let's get this is next part is what I kind of found the most interesting, right? Because it's like the claims of why this happened, essentially, right? Uh, and so legitimate claims, for me, in my book at least, would include then, yes, NATO expansion. And he went through in great details about this, of like the different violations of the treaties, like the the, the Minsk uh, you know, agreement, I guess it's not a treaty, but the Minsk agreement, how they threw that in the bin. Uh, at various points, there were a number of things, whether ultimately it would have been good or not for Ukraine, it's different things and can't be argued. But the point is, 
Yes, they were promised certain things by certain political leaders along the way. No, 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 we're not going to expand NATO, don't worry. And of course, then they go into the Baltic uh, countries. Now they're talking about Ukraine. There's all these other countries that are trying to weave, weave into this. So I get that they feel like, hey, look, this is just going and going. Where is this going to stop? Like, is it going to be all around our borders? We have an, our own national interest. I think those are legitimate claims, right, to like why you did what you did. But then it kind of comes down to this issue of basically, well, no, actually, it's kind of, it's it's denazification, essentially. The, 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 that's what it mm-hmm. sounds like. It's almost like a schizo thing all of a sudden. Yes. That, well, you, you said all these legitimate things. Now, all of a sudden, you talk about, no, well, they don't have a right to have this particular national identity. So let's listen to that part a little bit. It, it's, again, a little longer, but I think it's worth playing that. I think it's around 50 minutes. Uh, so let's skip forward here a little bit and then see what he says about this. Uh, here we go. Let's check from that, that they cost a large sum of money, almost five billion. But the political mistake was colossal. Why would they have to do that? All this could have been done legally, without victims, without military action, without losing Crimea. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. Because we agreed with the fact that after the collapse of the Soviet Union, our borders should be along the borders of former Union's republics. We agreed to that. But we never agreed to NATO's expansion, and moreover, we never agreed that Ukraine would be in NATO. So again, I think that's those are legitimate mm-hmm. like re- reasons or, or like issues of concern and, and things that they bring up, right? But so... Next year, in a little bit, they get into basically the ideology that, well, you see there, it's not allowed to have certain ideologies in Ukraine, and we're here to stop that, so let's keep We did not agree to NATO bases there without any discussion with us. For decades, we kept asking, don't do this, don't do that. And what triggered the latest events? Firstly, the current Ukrainian leadership declared that it would not implement the Minsk agreements, which had been signed, as you know, after the events of 2014 in Minsk where the plan of peaceful settlement in Donbas was set forth. But no, the current Ukrainian leadership, foreign minister, all other officials and then president himself said that they don't like anything about the Minsk agreements. In other words, they were not going to implement it. And and, and for them, Maybe that was better, considering what he says later, because I th- I'm not sure it was in there. And maybe there are copies you can read online, and I, I, I'll look into that and, and I try to dig that out, right? But he basically talks about that there should be a, a legal way that we need to stop Nazis, right? <laughs> like, we, that we basically, you need to pass laws against them, like mm-hmm. in all these other countries. That that's And maybe there was something like that, like that in the Minsk Agreement. I'm not sure if there was. But if that, those were the case, I'm not saying those are only the grounds why Ukraine threw it out or whatever. But, you know, if they had a new leadership, the point is you still cannot escape this thing that you have a gay homosexual Jew down there, Zelensky, doing what he's doing on behalf of all these other interests of America, Britain, France, of sorts, almost even Germany. You know what I mean? And he's he's working at behest. I don't like either side. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. like I'm st- I still stand by that. I don't like what either side is doing or have been doing. Mm-hmm. What, it doesn't make one guy good just because the other one is bad. You know what I mean? Like in in my book, they're they're both 
doing things which they shouldn't do. But anyway, uh, get on to the denazification stuff. A year or a year and a half ago, former leaders of Germany and France said openly to the whole world that they indeed signed the Minsk agreements, but they never intended to implement them. They simply led us by the nose. Was there anyone free to talk to? Did you call a U.S. president's secretary of state and say, if you keep militarizing Ukraine with NATO forces, this is going to get... This is going to be a... We're going to act. We talked about this all the time. We addressed the United States and European countries' leadership to stop these developments immediately, to implement the Minsk agreements. Frankly speaking, I didn't know how we were going to do this, but I was ready to implement them. These agreements were complicated for Ukraine. They included lots of elements of those Donbass territories' independence. That's true. However, I was absolutely confident, and I'm saying this to you now. I honestly believe that if we managed to convince the residents of Donbass, and we had to work hard to convince them to return to the Ukrainian statehood, then gradually the wounds would start to heal. When this part of territory reintegrated itself into common social environment, when the pensions and social benefits were paid again, all the pieces would gradually fall into place. No, nobody wanted that. Everybody wanted to resolve the issue by military force only. But we could not let that happen. And the situation got to the point when the Ukrainian side announced, no, we will not do anything. They also started preparing for military action. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. <clears throat> this is an attempt to stop it. So, you know, I think, again, uh, the 2014 thing, Maidan, CIA involvement, and all that kind of stuff, I, I think those are... They, sh they should have obviously stayed out of it, right? But mm -hmm. they, they, they decided it was advantageous by all these people, and now we're talking... Newland and Kagan and Applebaum and all these, you know, from journalists to, to State Department people and all that kind of stuff, right? That it had an interest in basically like weaponizing Ukraine uh, against against Russia. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side in Russia, you have, uh, you know, the Rabbi Lazar and all these other people there. And you still have a, a strong uh, Jewish involvement on the Russian side. It's like a Jewish quarrel, <laughs> like it's been from like the 1850s. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, when it comes down to it, not on every single issue, but you have you have different versions of 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 this uh, bickering and fighting on, on what direction to go, essentially. Uh, but anyway, we, we'll we'll get to the denazification thing. Uh, look, there's a lot you can say about that, but I, I still think it's true that Ukraine made some, whether they were pushed into it by West and NATO, or whatever. Uh, but they made some dumb moves when it comes to eastern Ukraine, and again, a lot of Russian-speaking populations there and stuff like that. They probably, mm -hmm. they probably should have negotiated, cut their losses, yes. and, and tied those off, and, and, and let them join Russia then or something like that. But I, I think the Minsk Agreement had them become autonomous, independent states, right? The Republic of Luhansk and Republic of Donbas, and blah blah blah, all those things. Uh, and maybe that would have been the way forward, and maybe that then could have solved it peacefully or whatnot. And that's not how it turned out. But one of the reasons why the reasons why it didn't turn out that way. Now, it doesn't mean that Putin Russia would have upheld that or that they would have stopped there. I don't know these people's motivations. Maybe they would have inv invaded anyway at some point or they wanted to take this back or something. I don't know. 
Uh, but the point is, you also had pressure from the other side, right? So all the all the people loving Putin, they refuse to see, you know, some of the issues that that they're doing here, which is dumb with the denazification stuff, which we'll get to. And then the other side uh, refuses to recognize that Ukraine did anything wrong a- again at the behest or being used by. Um, you know, Western interest, essentially, or Jewish interest, even, if you want to boil it down to that, um, of using Ukraine as a sledgehammer against Russia. And they've had a, a beef with Russia for, for forever, for, for some reason. And they've always tried to get them with the, doing coups in different countries. Ukraine, I mean, that even Maidan is like the second or third coup attempt. You can go back to the Orange Revolution. You had the Rose Revolution in Georgia. You had the CIA backing Chechen uh, separatists at one point. You had, uh, what are some of the other countries? They have... Uh, uh, brought Romania right into NATO. Are they part? Of, are they part of the NATO? I think they're part of NATO, right? Uh, they're courting all these countries and satellites around Russia to help destabilize and turn them against them, right? So, so you have that as a factor of it. Uh, back to the Clipper. You think you've stopped it now? I mean, have you achieved your aims? Uh, no, we haven't achieved our aims yet, because one of them is the Nazification. There. This means the prohib- <sighs> So there's really? one of the aims is denazification. <clears throat> now really? listen, listen to this. This is very interesting. Because that's such a threat in Ukraine. Yeah, right. It's it's very interesting because it's this. Well, you're not. You know, you you're you're now. It's now it's our interest that have you. Ca- no, you can't think that way, right? And and Tucker, to his credit here, he could have said even more to it, and we'll get to it. But like. It's tr- it, it's true. There's like this is just used by any country anywhere to justify them, you know, cracking down on a political affiliation they don't like. How they throw around the term, whether you're act- actually a national socialist or not, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, but this is the most retarded, uh, I think, a- aspect of all of it. Of like, how are you going to stop it? And Tucker talks about that. Listen to this. Vision of all kinds of neo-Nazi movements. This is one of the problems that we discussed during the negotiation process, which ended in Istanbul early this year. And it was not our initiative, because we were told by the Europeans, in particular, that it was necessary to create conditions for the final signing of the documents. My counterparts in France and Germany said, how can you imagine them signing a treaty with a gun to their heads? The troops should be pulled back from Kiev. I said, all right, we withdrew the troops from Kiev. As soon as we pulled back our troops from Kiev, our Ukrainian negotiators immediately threw all our agreements reached in Istanbul into the bin. And I think they were told to do that too, by the way. And got prepared for a long-standing armed confrontation with the help of the United States and its satellites in Europe. And keep in mind too, I mean, the U.S. have allocated 120 billion uh, now totally to Ukraine. Not not only independent, but like with its partners, right? Meaning European countries and all these other things, right? They've weaponized them, and I think that they've also weaponized. I'm not saying that's intentionally because they did all the countries around, so it doesn't really matter. But now they've now they've just rolled around to Ukraine, and it, and then the, the time was right for that, and the, the, the all the pieces were in place, so let's use it now. But in a way. What this is leading to is using nationalism, weaponizing nationalism, approving of national socialism, like Azov and some of these other battalions, right, the right sector, 
using it, allowing it, encouraging it, arming it in order to to get at Russia. And so you get a dual kind of um, objective achieved. You, you, you destroy those, you destroy one of the most nationalistic countries in Europe by weaponizing against a country which they've had an old day, the Atlantis, Atlantis is about it's like old beef with Russia, right? We got to control it. And if we don't control it physically, we have to get our guy in there. We have to do essentially do a coup and get our version of like, the, you know, the, the chocolate king, like they got in Ukraine there for a while. You know, what was it, Yakushenko or who, what was his name again? Um, they want to have their guy in there, essentially. But now they managed to destroy uh, nationalism in Ukraine at the same time as they're weaponizing them and using them against Russia. So it's kind of a, it's a brilliant move. It, it, like, like they should be, they should have that. They're sly, they're slick. They know what they're doing. They're knowing how, how to use it. Uh, but of sorts, and you can argue that Putin is kind of pl- playing into that a little bit, right? He's like, oh yeah, you can't have Nazism. Uh, and then why? And again, Tucker extends this a little bit more. Like, what do you? How do you stop that? Right? It's, it's quite interesting to me. That is how the situation has developed, and that is how it looks now. <laughs> but, but what is part of my ignorance? What is denazification? Yeah. What would that mean? Best question yet. That is what I want to talk about right now. It is a very important issue. Denazification. After gaining independence, Ukraine began to search, as some Western analysts say, its identity. It had an identity. And it came up with nothing better than to build. You went through some of it. Kiev and Rus. (laughs) That's an identity right there. You know what I mean? Uh, It it has historical roots way back. They don't need it. Now he's. I, I think he's again doing this kind of like. You know, smoke and mirrors thing of like, well, yeah, just there's, answer, no, there's nothing. They answer re- this question. Nothing really there, right? But 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 again, he gets to Bandera and you know the right sector and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, yeah, gee, I wonder why they f- they 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 fought on the German side. Let's keep listening here. Identity upon some false heroes who false collaborated heroes. with Hitler. <laughs> Someone later drops something <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the palace. It echoes in the palace after that comment there. I have already said that in the early 19th century, when the theorists of independence and sovereignty of Ukraine appeared, they assumed that an independent Ukraine should have very good relations with Russia. But due to the historical development, those territories were part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, Poland, where Ukrainians were persecuted and yeah, he treated. Ba- he bashes Poland quite a bit in this. <laughs> I think it's funny the Poles get a lot of shit. Quite brutally, as well as were subject to cruel behavior. Okay, so which one is worse? There were also attempts to destroy their identity. So they have an identity, right? You see how that works. So this is because because that's that's going back. That's before you know World War Two times right there. Oh, they made an attempt to destroy their identity. Okay, so they have an identity. <laughs> it's it's this back and forth on yes. this issue all the time. All this remained in the memory of the people. When World War Two broke out, part of this extremely nationalist elite collaborated with Hitler, believing that he would bring them freedom. From whom? From the Bolsheviks, which I don't kind of call me crazy, but they kind of have a little, little bit of a problematic history here. You know, I mean, I, it, it's with all the talk of Nazis or whatever. Yeah, but okay. He, he, Tucker asked him about denazification, and then he's going off on this tangent. Well, what about also Azov and the the Jewish influence? 
Yeah. Does that ever come up? No, no. Or I mean, like not, these, not uh, really. These fake least, Nazis. Listen, the early the days. There, there, there are there are some of that, and you know, we've we've shown screenshots and stuff like that. I, I guess in, at least in terms of like you know Kolomoisky and stuff like that, there's uh, you know initial funding there, which is you know interesting. It should be definitely would have you know you don't skirt you want to don't want to skirt that right. Um, but I guess it, there's somewhat less of that now than it was back then. Maybe, maybe it's resurged after you know the the, the actual war broke out or whatever. Um, but you know, just just this idea of like communism, right? And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. But like, this kind of, I don't know. It's like you, now you're going to talk because now Nazis are bad. Second World War, and they killed Poles and Russians and Jews, and so therefore they're bad. Well, the Bolsheviks, they killed uh, they killed the Ukrainians, right? Gosh, they killed the, the, the Holodomor first. Millions. And then you have like you know just after the Russian Revolution and during that and because of that took hold there and then snuck you know took over all these other countries, mm-hmm. hundred million dead <laughs> or whatever the exactly. action number, and, number is. And they're glorif- they're glorifying <laughs> communism. They have the Nazis monuments. were fighting communism. Ultimately. Exactly right. So oh that's the reason and, obviously and why they're what happened afterwards. Was it better for Russia afterwards after World War Two? No. <laughs> Soviet Union? No. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Uh, let, let's keep listening here a little bit. The German troops, even the SS troops, made Hitler's collaborators do the dirtiest work of exterminating the Polish and Jewish population. Hence this brutal massacre of the Polish and Jewish population, as well as the Russian population too. Uh, this was led by the persons who are well known, Bandera, Shukevich. It was those people who were made national heroes. That is the problem. And we are constantly told that nationalism and neo-Nazism exist in other countries as well. Yes, they are seedlings, but we uproot them. And we uproot them, he says. Okay, wh- according to whom's who's standard now? And again, when you talk about Nazis, you have to do the same thing here, right? Let's can we look at this historically? Is it the, someone said once that, but like this was Putin's take on some of these things is like the greatest intelligence failure of like the 21st century. The I fact know. that he can't recognize of like who controls things, and he even brings up later we'll play it. You know, oh well, American media is so powerful. It's like okay, can we who controls the media? Like there's all these other things here, right? Um, but it's this. Just default. Well, I mean, oh well, they're Nazis, so they, therefore we can destroy them. We can uproot them. It's no them. different than all up. these globalists that are supposedly fighting him either. Then that's just it. They all just blame, you know, the ends, it's the Nazis. The, it was the Nazis. Other countries fight against them, so we but should Ukraine be able to as well. And maybe that's one of the part that maybe he thinks. Let me go back here. Maybe he thinks there. If we say it's about the Nazis. When it's maybe really not about that, maybe it is really about that. He did to to try to be accurate here. He did say one of the objectives is is that right. Uh, although he pivots to, to 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 this, and and now all of a sudden it becomes not no longer about them being sovereign, which is as oh f- fine if they would have uh, you know not joined NATO or like you know been been. Like he doesn't say this, but essentially this is what he means, right? That if they wouldn't have allowed themselves to be used in the way that they have by these NATO and Western interests, maybe we would have been on good terms with them, and now we can't because of that. Okay, fine. But so the the, the issue there is like, is that then the primary issue, or is it now that you need to crush a, a certain ideology? Because that's what they they went immediately. That one of the things was like out the gates, right? 
Where did I have that headline? Um, yeah, like this story here. I'm jumping back and forth a little bit, but this is what it is. Um, this is NBC News, right? Ukraine's Nazi problem is, and this is indicative of like how, how schizo leftism is on this issue too. By the way, oh, it is real. It is real. We kind of we have to admit that, although they've been trying to like kind of skirt that for yes, a long time. Yes. And and it is true that they have like we look totally the other way for like Azov and these kinds of things. And again, personally, it's like I don't have a problem with them. Obviously, that's, that's fine. They want to be a nationalistic group. They want to have national socialism. They believe in their own sovereignty. All those things are fine, obviously. But in terms of like, you actually have a group like militarized or receiving weapons from the West while Western countries are literally trying to crush every nationalistic movement in our country exactly. while allowing it. It's got to raises an eyebrow. It does. So, so they're trying to do both things at the same time, right? Okay, okay, sure. There are you know a Nazi problem in Ukraine, but it but Putin's denazification claim isn't, which is like okay, interesting. So you can recognize that that's not right, but then you would any other group anywhere else in the rest of the Western world, you would immediately condemn for mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Azov, ah, it's 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 fine, you know, kind of thing. Oh, he says he's going to denazify. But the point is, why I'm bringing this up is like, that's one of the first things that came out. You remember? And we covered it at the time after the invention, uh, the uh, invasion. Uh, he says that Putin stated that the move was undertaken to, quote, protect people, which is, you know, as far as understanding the eastern p- portions then, who have been subjected to bullying and genocide, and that Russia, quote, will strive for demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. Right? On its face, Putin's smear is absurd, not least because Ukraine's president, Zelensky, is Jewish and have said that members of his family were killed during World War II. So it's all this, like, back and forth. Like, oh my gosh, here we go. Here's a Jewish Nazi. I can't believe it. Uh, back to the uh, back to the answer here, because I, th- I still think this is a good portion of play. People have been made into national heroes in Ukraine. Monuments to those people have been erected. They are displayed on flags. Their names are shouted by crowds that walk with torches, as it was in Nazi Germany. Mm. Big problem. Big problem for them have a nationalistic identity. These were people who exterminated Poles, Jews, and Russians. Come on, Bolsheviks killed Poles. Way more, exactly. And Russians. Yep, they killed, exactly, they killed their own. It is necessary to stop this practice and prevent the dissemination of this concept. <sighs> I say that Ukrainians your job, are man. part of the one Russian people. They say, no, we are a separate people. Okay, fine. If they consider themselves a separate people, they have the right to do so, but not mm-hmm. on the basis of Nazism. <laughs> Would you be satisfied with well, the What ter- business is it of yours at that point if they're a separate well, people is, and doing their own sovereign thing? This like, is what world leaders do. This is what countries they that have, have yeah, so the power how, to how do how is he any Dude. different than any of these other globalists who are always paranoid about these nationalistic so you know, Nazis, possible Nazis, Nazi Nazis. movements? Yeah, and I mean, we've shown right headlines even of how he treats his own uh, nationalists. Again, be the they actual, you know, are, are these just accusations, uh, ex, you know, exaggerations? Or, you know, what, what what is what's the root of it? We, 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 I don't know. I don't know all these groups, right? Uh, going after far-right people. Putin, not remotely anti-Semitic, says Russia's chief rabbi. Holocaust deniers in Russia now face five years in prison. 
Putin side an army of Jewish billionaires. Uh, the day Putin prayed for rebuilding of the Third Temple. Russia's fight against anti-Semitism isn't just good for Jews. It's good for Russia as well. You know, we've sh shown some of these in the past, right? Let's uh, go back and see what Tucker said. To Hold on. Here. Ryan GGG says the eternal boomer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, Black Sea region. That was completely out of the question. In 1654. Oh, I okay, no, that's the wrong uh, clip. Is <laughs> so what? Did you go back to that all of a sudden. Uh, where so, we, but, where so what we're getting here just, is... Let me just finish here, Lana. Let me finish okay. this because I, I do think it's important, to be honest. Uh, here, here we go. Let's play this. that you have now. I know, this, I know this drags on a bit, but I do want to do it. I want to give this the time it deserves. No, no, it's finished. You asked the question neo-Nazism. I will finish answering the question. You just asked the question about neo-Nazism and denazification. Look, the president of Ukraine visited Canada. This story is well known, but being silenced in the Western countries. The Canadian Parliament introduced a man who, as the Speaker of the Parliament said, fought against the Russians during the World War II. Well, who fought against the Russians during the World War II? Hitler and his accomplices. It turned out that this man served in the SS troops. He personally killed Russians, Poles and Jews. The SS troops consisted of Ukrainian nationalists who did this dirty work. The president of Ukraine stood up with the entire parliament of Canada and applauded this man. For what, for stopping uh, communists then? <laughs> Right? Murdering communists? I mean, where do you draw the line? Or why doesn't he call them Soviets or Bolsheviks? And it's now, now all of a sudden they're just Russian. But, it, yes. but before, when it was about drawing up these new lines of the new countries, then it was the Soviets, uh, Soviets doing. It was Lenin's doing at that point, right? So you see how you can kind of, you can adopt, a, I guess, I, not identity, but you can adopt a different time period of your country historically to whether you want to justify or demonize something, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. But the point is, let me, let me do this thing here real quick. So, 100 you know, million people dead, approximately, right? It's pretty At bad. Least. Yet, Russia celebrates their victory day all the time, and they have hammers, Hammer, yeah, hammers and sickles, sickles out. Flying out. Right? No, no problem. problem. No problem. And, and again, remember, <laughs> since the conflict, We've shown showed these in the past too. That old that old woman that refused to leave or whatever. They they built a statue for her. They put a hammer and sickle uh, flag in her disgusting. in her hands. You'd think it'd be if you knew about this portion of history, you'd want to kind of like forget about this, right? Here they are hanging out with the kids, right? The victory flag, hammer and sickle uh, up on the uh, armored vehicle up there. Uh, here's another one. Look at that all over, um, plastered on us. You know, yeah, they're not getting arrested. Right they're not banning these symbols. They're yeah. not coming after them. It's like communists running things okay. Tanks. We're proud of that history. Ethno-nationalists over here doing things bad. Let's go after them and denazify them. Yeah. So this is uh, early days, right, of of the like, invasion. What and the hell? He wants come. to relive World War II all over again or something, you know? Yeah, they're using <laughs> this. Again, it's a point of nationalistic pride. We defeated the Nazis. They're yeah, look at how good that turned out, man. I know they're, they're really, evoking really helped that. Europe and yes, Russia. Yes, absolutely. And again, there's no recognition there. Obviously, again, I know this is not their this is not their uh, battle, right? They're on the other side of this. But the point is, you know, like that they are okay wheeling out this history. And they well, because they also don't want to admit that maybe they were wrong. They were on the wrong side.
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, how do you tackle it? I would assume that it's like, well, we're a not Soviets. Brotherly war. We're not Soviets. We're we're Russia now. Okay, well, let's do away with some of that symbolism. Then let's not use these flags when we go fight Ukrainians. Right? You you think there'd be some stuff like that, but there isn't. Instead, they're picking this up, right? And again, victory. Our victories over the the Nazis. Here it is again. Even Lenin's mausoleum, right? They glorify communism. The monuments and flags in the military. Their celebration at the Red Square each year. Uh, they have then uh, Lenin's. You know, Russia amazing. has still proudly on display one of the enduring <sighs> symbols of Bolshevik so the Soviet Union, it's the mausoleum amazing. containing Vladimir Lenin's <sighs> embalmed you know body. You'd think, well, you can't have Bandera, but we're going to have Lenin as a you know in a, in a tomb in the Red Square. It's, I mean, we have, it's sickening considering how many people have died yeah, under the, that regime. And the roots of that, exactly. It's amazing. Lars Agerbeck says disappointed that Tucker didn't bring up the Holodomor. A lot of yes. Russians living in the Donbas region are descendants of the Russians that Stalin deported there to replace the starved Ukrainians. Exactly. Yep. No, you're right. Bill exactly. Biz, thank you. Says it's weird to see Putin pander design his interest with the denazification comments. Can we just have one world leader that promotes nationalism without pandering? No. And even no, when it's, they don't become a leader unless they do. Pander. And even when it's Russian nationalism, it's a, still a universalist, multicultural one. And we'll listen mm -hmm. to that in a moment as well. Look, there, there, all, there's some things. I'll get back to it again. But like, there's some things that yes, this guy does slightly better than other Western leaders. Yeah, and some of his values, though, if he looks at this historically, do align with what national socialists believe when it comes to tradition and family sure, and and they were you know a lot of christians and all that yeah i mean no just some of the basic you know fundamentals yeah I, no i i get what you're saying and that's part of what i guess tucker should have asked there too it's like well the nazi card at least in the west is played all the time we don't even actually know if these people are that or if they're just accused of that or whatever and even if they are that by their own choosing of the name like yeah we're national socialists how bad are their opinions? It's this immediate uh, boomer tick, and that means they j want to mass murder people, yeah. right? But communism, if you bring up those symbols and glorify those, mass murder then there. it doesn't mean anything. Then, it, then it's totally fine. Then it's a victory against that other evil ideology, and therefore we can do whatever we want with that. And I just, I, I don't agree with that, right? Just a little bit more there, because he, 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 I'm glad Tucker kind of be, not pushes back on that, but he has me a little bit more about that, right? How can this be imagined? Let me see. Let me go back there. Neo-Nazism exists in other countries as well. Yes, they are seedlings, but we approve them. Yeah, and other countries fight against them. But Ukraine is not the case. These people have been made into national heroes in Ukraine. Monuments to those people have been erected. They are displayed on flags. Their names are shouted by crowds that walk with torches, as it was in Nazi Germany. These were people who exterminated Poles, Jews, and Russians. Faking <sighs> gay history all the time, every time. Not an honest it look. It is necessary. Was there war? Yes. Was there people dying? Obviously. Were there people starving? Yes. We know all those things, but I'm saying it's always this constant, like, oh, it's only, only the Nazis did that it. did the crimes. You know, everyone Please. else is that's all right. We need to stop this practice and prevent the dissemination of this concept. I say that Ukrainians are part of the one <coughs> Russian people. They say, no, we are a separate people. Let me, we heard this okay, okay, before a little fine. The man who, as the Speaker of the Parliament, yeah, we heard the I think Ukraine what you're story. saying is you want to extinguish or at least control Ukrainian nationalism, but how? How do you do that? There you go. 
Ваш вопрос очень тонкий. Your question is very subtle, and I can tell you what I think. Do not take offense. Of course. Just answer the question. This question appears to be subtle. It is quite pesky. Pesky? Well, because pesky? he doesn't believe you? Like, how are you going to... Yeah, exactly. I think it's one of the better it's, better questions he had question, here, actually. Right, like, too. how do you do it? Yeah, like, what, what, how of do you, course. Think, You're but, using but, these big words. But well, then Tucker could have said here, he could have said, like, this is always used as the reason to clamp down on anybody. As soon as there's an ideology somebody doesn't like, then, you, then they go after them politically, they put them in jail, they imprison them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and unfortunately, he didn't, right? But he, at, at least he did, went this far. Mm. You say Hitler has been dead for so many years, 80 years. Yeah, that's the part we missed. He said, this doesn't is like, feel like it. This it is, is, feels like he's still alive. I know. This is uh, it's a great free frame there. Um, <laughs> He said, yeah, it's like, this is 75 years ago, almost 80 years ago. Like, basically, like, can we can we move on yet? Like, there's new conditions now. Like, no, obviously not. Right? But his example lives on. People who exterminated Jews, Russians and Poles are alive. That's like four, fourth or fifth And uh, Russians didn't kill any Germans. No. <laughs> and the president, the current president of today's Ukraine, applauds him in the Canadian parliament gives a standing ovation and i think that's more just funny than anything it, it shows you that they're so willing to be pro-ukraine that they even like takes and i'm not saying he did anything wrong obviously this guy is like he he's, he's probably a fucking hero like before fighting for his people or whatever especially in his country uh, russians don't think so but obviously you know in this case is like well he's a national hero but it's funny that liberal canada can bring this guy in and then all the normie MAGA conservatives came back. Oh my God! See, this is the proof. Trudeau is a Nazi, no, secretly no. a Nazi, and I was like, oh, oh, here we go. It's no, it's just that they tiresome. hate Russia enough and Putin that they're willing to just look the other way, and they don't care uh, what the history there is. Be that actually, you know, historically accurate or not. Can we say that we have completely uprooted this ideology yeah. if what we see is happening today? That well, is it what doesn't mean that Canada are Nazis. And and that's kind of what it, West are really Nazis and, and you know, uh, what do you call it? I mean, that's just so dishonest. And he, know, he knows it. Like he's I don't just, know. He's just uh, using this because he thinks somehow it works. Maybe. Like it's an own or something, you I don't know? know? Maybe I, maybe they're true, are true believers, I think. I think they're true believers. The Nazification is in our understanding. We have to get rid of those people who maintain this concept and support Get rid? Yeah, get rid of get those people. Get rid of? Yep. How, do you, how do you get rid? Mm-hmm. That's a big word. Get rid of. Yep. This and try to preserve it. That is what denazification is. That is what we mean. Right. My question was a little more specific. How do you do it? Of course, not a defense of Nazis, neo or otherwise. It was a practical question. You don't control the entire country. You don't control kids. You don't have to defend them, but you can look uh, historically in context of why they arose. What was the reason? What did they try to do? But these things will never come up in an environment like this, obviously, right? (laughs) Weimar, first of all, what's the beef with Jews? Can we look uh, honestly about that? Uh, invasion going into Poland after the, the Glywitz incident, and then, of course, the plans by uh, the Bolsheviks, which apparently Hitler had, that their plan was to continue to move further westward and take mm-hmm. over European countries. And if Germany hadn't been there at that time, done what they've done, we, you know, the history would have been completely different because they'd have been flooding everyone, essentially. Germany basically sacrificed itself to stop communism there in its tracks. 
Now, of course, it came in through cultural academic circles and movies and shit later on. But the point is, at least, we didn't get that like physical yeah. oppression in Western Europe of communism. That you know, now we're, you could argue we live or something like that. If you don't seem like you want to. So how, how do you eliminate <coughs> a culture or an ideology or feelings or a view of history? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In a country that you don't control. What do you do about that? You know, as strange as it may seem to you, during the negotiations in Istanbul, we did agree that we have it all in writing. Neo-Nazism would not be cultivated in Ukraine, including that it would be prohibited at the legislative level. There we go. Yep. Mr. Yep. Carson, we agreed on that. So passing laws. <coughs> yep, pass passing laws. Passing laws, whatever we say it is. That's what it is. Yeah. And here's or, here's the laws and we'll put you in jail because you break these laws. And what has now happened in Western countries with things like that? Because, of course, Germany have went through this denazification. Look at it now. Right. Look at the, the, the ethnic slop mess that the Germany is now. Most Western countries, again, is it kind of like, a, well, Nazis and racism or colonialism of the West is there. <laughs> therefore, we have to do X, Y, Z. We have to pay back whatever. Um, but look at the mess that these countries are in. And look at how it's being abused by the legal system to justify them clamping down on any ideology, even if it is like mildly nationalistic and, and yeah. are not like, you know, oh, here's some, you know, Nazi group or whatever. Um, it, it's just like, you know, like, let's ban the AFD. And as far as I know, they have like a pocket with, you know, they're in with like Israel and Zionists of, of sorts. They're kind of like very milk toast in certain ways. But even that is not good enough. Even what parts, yeah, I, more specifics. What parts of Nazism do you have your issue with? Exactly, what are those? Let's hear what they are. What is Nazi? I want to. Yeah, I want a big yeah. definition. Is it a white person that doesn't want to be replaced? Is it a white person that wants their country to I remain? Know. You know, you want to be well, Swedish. You want to be German. You want to be. You know. According what to is it, uh, then? according to the, the definition, essentially, we live under now. Yeah, that's basically what it is. You're a Nazi. There's articles about how we're Nazis because we don't want to. Uh, as you said, so we, we don't, don't want hate our, ourselves, and we don't, we don't want, want our place white children people? to be minorities in our own countries. And they, oh well, therefore you're a Nazi. And okay, also, well, and then pass laws, put you in jail for that. You know. Also, what Germany was dealing with 80 years ago is. is is well there's some similar elements yeah, obviously these days now, yeah. but they weren't they didn't have mass migrations of you know foreigners coming into their countries back then like today so at what point is it okay to say those things as a white person yeah. something that ooh not a national socialist said 80 years ago well they also believed in traditional family structures too and helping each other out and community and you know, it's like, well, yeah. we, we can't have those either. You know, the joke of like, well, Hitler drank water too, so we can't all, we can't drink water. He yeah. breathed there, so we can't breathe there. I know. Yep. I know. Um, you know, and again, it's like. They just act like they were just these monsters. Every, every idea and thought in their head was just monstrous and it was just Jew obsessed at all times. <clears> like <throat> there was nothing else to them. It's, no other reason. I do find it interesting that not once either is, is this brought up with like, you know, use whatever term here you want to soften the blow but like you know zionist interest of the west or like how apac or, or other jewish interests have controlled western uh you know countries specifically the u.s when it comes to its foreign policy right even in russia of course you have a at certain historical times disproportionate uh shall we say uh over representation of certain ethnic groups right lenin's jewish roads we know about that 
Uh, but even Putin has said in the past, first Soviet government was mostly Jewish. Uh, but but then they flip back. Okay, well, okay, but the Soviet government is that so something good or bad? Then what happened under that? Right? There's articles we showed in the past uh, of like some of the the most brutal mass murderers in history. This is like on Haaretz, I think, uh, Jewish outlets, mm -hmm. uh, that, that they were Jewish. Stalin's Jews yeah. uh, was the headline of the article. And again, that's not not even Lenin. That's that's Stalin. That's later, which Stalin supposedly was this anti great anti-Semite. And he has all these, you know, problems with it. But, you know, we, we again, we've shown you this in the past, but we're basically saying in a roundabout way, many people still believe then that th th this is some great counterweight to Western interest. And, and the argument here. I think we can affirm after the interview, unfortunately, is that no, it's just another flavor of it. It's a, it's a Jewish quarrel, uh, basically, it seems like, to be honest. Does that mean the objective is to like kill more uh, Russians of European descent and Ukrainians, right, that are fighting with each other to have another brother bro brotherly war? I don't know. You 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 pick a side. Uh, but here he is at the Western Wall and, you know, praying for the Third Temple. He's hanging out with his rabbis. He's lying the menorah, seeing with the yarmulke on. Much of the same thing, all over and over again. Uh, for a world without Nazism, for Russia, right? Remember that we, we show that this is in the good old mm -hmm. days, uh, or good old days, but like, like when uh, the, I think this is—is is this just before the war broke out, or just like days after, or something like that, right? Uh, same story over and over again. And some people pointed out this too. This is an interesting uh, little side note here, but I saw. Froggy McGee in chat had a po uh, point about this. Says Tucker Carlson and Putin both wearing red bracelets, which means loyalty to the Jewish Kabbalah. Uh, so I did have a little thing on that too. But it, yeah, it is. It's true. Uh, let me pull up a couple of there's. There's Putin with it, right? And we've showed you. Uh, here he is, Tucker, and this is even during. Like, if you're not Jewish, why are you even wearing that thing? You might as well be then. Oh, it's just the good luck charm. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, this is even the the interview. With He's Putin always here, wearing right? it. He, always. Tucker's wearing it all the time, all exactly. The time. Uh, you know, so Tucker's been seen with it. Putin has it. Uh, Putin wears Kabbalah red, red talisman at Eurasian summit. Uh, so anyway, there, there, there's that. I mean, take that with, for what that's worth. Um, all right, so what else do we have here? Uh, let me see here. We got the NBC piece out of the way. Yeah, Politico, what do they have? Uh, Putin wants to denazify Ukraine. That's ludicrous, says the country's Jews. Jewish Ukrainian gives short shift to Putin's claim that he's out to save them from Nazis. So they things know. seems to be good there. And so is there a reason? <laughs> they know it's so it's good they for them in Ukraine. It's good for them in, in, in Russia. This is not what it's about, right? You know what I mean? This is not what it's about. It's, 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 it's more than that. Uh, you're like, no, the Nazis are our friends. We use them for things. We yeah. can yeah, exactly we can use them as a sledgehammer against as we fight one uh, you know European nation against another. It's actually great. Uh, okay, so here is the clip where basically Putin says uh, praising oh, diversity. Basically, saying diversity is our strength. Here we go. When Russia expanded and absorbed other nations who profess Islam, Buddhism, and Judaism, Russia has always been very loyal to those people who profess other religions. This is her strength. This is absolutely clear. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you say about that? <laughs> like it's that what was it? I'm was <laughs> with the clip. The what was it? I'm a kulak. I'm a Jew. I'm a you know all the different ethnic groups he goes through, and then people compared it to uh, what's it, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Cuomo. 
I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm black. Remember you said all those things? That's a <laughs> funny clip well that was be. going around at the point. Uh, by the way, did you know Lennon was like going insane towards the end of his life? Did you see the, this is the last I've photo? I've never seen that photo. you never seen actually. that photo? Wow. I'm interesting, actually. Well, yeah, he was life. insane his whole life. Well, yeah. That true. <laughs> okay. But he was like lost his he mind. He just, wow, yeah, yeah. He just really... And then those he, eyes. Uh, you know, then he... Uh, the eyes of a mass murderer. Exactly. Then he uh, was, uh, you know, he died and then it was embalmed and he's still there, you know. It's a, it's a great, great Disgusting. hero, great addition. Uh, okay, so we have... So we have the other aspect of the multicultural thing, which is, of course, um, 7,500 mosques have been erected in Russia since Putin became president. They have a they do have a demographic issue there as well and one of the solutions that they have you know proposed uh is is just to br- you know to bring in other groups and i think that that's going to happen eventually even if it even if they try to do it more controlled and maybe they maybe they won't be as insane as western countries have been right now okay It'll good. get there but, it always but, gets but there. at some point it's like okay oh, d- does it matter if it's in 200 years or in 20 years at the end of the day no it doesn't you know of, of sorts uh, and so the continue, we showed this in the past, but for newcomers, you know, uh, to a large extent, the rise of European countries' economies is based on slave trade and robbery of Africa, Asia, and Latin America. To a large extent, the prosperity of the U.S. grew out of the slave trade and use of slave labor. And then, of course, as a result of World War One and World this War This is like II. shit-lib talking points, you know, yes. white, white colonialist Anti- man bad, right? Yeah. Come on. The model of total domination by the Western countries is unfair. It divides the world into first and second class people and is therefore racist and neocolonial, Putin said. Um, the main, the West mainly got where it is by robbing other peoples in Asia and mm, Africa. Bullshit, total bullshit. Um, Russian foreign ministry plans to in- conclude visa agreements with 11 countries, and these are Bahrain, Oman, Saudi Arabia, Bahamas, Barbados, Haiti, Zimbabwe, Kuwait, Malaysia, Mexico, Trinidad, Tobago, Russian deputy minister have said uh, so the doors are are about to be opened right um, anyway this one we don't have to do um, and white Russians though they're not thrilled about that they don't I don't think that. they are they and, don't want that he's pushing this anyway. in the West when this started yes you know what I mean we we opposed it there was rise of nationalism to push back against those kinds of things down yeah. but again it was ruthlessly pushed back and in, I, in your average white Russian is not worrying about like Nazism and denazification either they're not yep. Um, Today, Putin said Russia will provide Burkina Faso, Zimbabwe, Malawi, Somalia, Central African Republic, and Eritrea with 25 to 50,000 tons of free grain with free delivery, Mm. right? It says catering to... we're gonna make. We're not the. We're not those bad racist Westerners as those are. You know, we kind of feed thing. them. Yeah, like little countries like, we, like Sweden don't give tons of aid to Africa. Right, exactly. Please. I know. Trillions at this point we've paid out to try to help help out and stuff. And and again, Russia was gonna learn that lesson too the hard way. No matter how they try to go about this, right? Um, Russia launched its product to attract workers from African nation. The Kenyan government says negotiations are ongoing for Moscow to employ some 10,000 people from Nairobi. And, of course, it's like, well, they're just temporary guest workers. Yeah, that's what they were in our countries, too, when they first started opening the borders. You know what I mean? Then they want to have rights of their own. They want to have, well, we want to vote as well, or whatever it is at that point, right? The point is Putin is not going to be around forever. He's getting old. And the question is what happens after that point and what leader is going to take over? Um, and what What is that going to be? I thought he be? had some health problem was going to step down. Yeah, he said that, but, right? But I don't know. We'll see what happens, right? Mm. Um, so a couple of more things here, and then we'll, I guess, yeah, we'll wrap up after that point. Um, let me see here. This one, yeah, let's play these ones. These were kind of interesting. Nord Stream came up. This, these are some of the more interesting conversations, too. Uh, some other things. Um, 
who blew up the Nord Stream? Let, listen to the answer here. And, and, and look at what he says about the media. This is quite interesting. Who, who blew up Nord Stream? Let me go back here. Who, who blew up Nord Stream? <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have? Do you have? Uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. Do, do you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But in this case, we should not only look for someone who is interested, but also for someone who has capabilities. Because there may be many people interested, but not all of them are capable of sinking to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and carrying out this explosion. These two components should be connected, who is interested and who is capable of doing it. But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever, and it's the largest emission of CO2 in, in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would, that NATO, the US, CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? Good question. <clears throat> In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. Mm. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? <clears throat> so, media, fi financial institutions, specifically those then in, in America, right? Can we look at the demographic <laughs> or representational makeup of those? No, of course, that doesn't come up. But all you would have to do is tell the truth. I, I, again, another dishonest. I, look, I, I think he's right. I think it was. I don't think Russia blew up Nord Stream. I don't think they had any interest in that. In fact, they're even right now like, hey, look, the was it the second pipeline is still operating, and like they've talked to Germany and tried to talk to Germany, and just like, do you want some? We can we can turn that faucet back on for you if you want. And apparently, that's not happening, which is idiotic. I, I think you know, I, ideally, we should have been on good terms with Russia. And if we hadn't had a bunch of these gay ops from CIA Zog spooks, then yeah, yeah. we would have been, it would have been a better situation. Even though Putin is not, you know, ideal or whatever, or the, the the way he sees the world with these Nazification and shit like that. But regardless, it would have been presumably a better relationship, which I think the the way we should have gone with this. Uh, but if you have information, like Tucker asked him about, just release it. You, you, that's the thing. If you lie. But you have truth. Truth, presumably, is always going to win and be able to defeat those lies, right? I including propaganda. Mm -hmm. I get that there's propaganda. But anyway, so does that mean they actually don't have any, maybe, or something? I'm not sure. Just release it. I think he's right. Uh, but anyway, so no look at, at who controls media in the U.S. or at least disproportionately influence those uh, sectors like f big finance, big media uh, in the U.S., stuff like that. Now, one thing that was funny that it brought up was Tucker Carlson's uh, ex-CIA, uh, you know, connections or mm. like that he tried to go to work there. And then, of course, his, his dad, right, Tucker Carlson's dad, uh, he worked, he, he was a CIA guy, but he literally was operating, uh, was a voice of America. So that CIA media kind of tie-in, again, which just speaks to what, what Putin said. It's, it's propaganda, right? It's media outlets, control of information, of gay ops yeah. in the media. 
But, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Anderson Cooper, like, oh, I wanted to join the CIA, but then I just like, actually, I'm going to be this uh, host on CNN instead. I'm, I'm going into media. I'm not part of the CIA at all. Totally yeah. not, right? Uh, but yeah, he, he, he drops that to him, which is kind of a funny part. Uh, the previous uh, desire by Tucker to wanting to work for the CIA. Listen to this. The organization you wanted to join back in the day, as I understand. We should thank God they didn't let you in. Although, it is a serious organization. I understand. My former vis-a-vis in the sense that I served in the first main directorate, Soviet Union's intelligence service. They have always been our opponents. A job is a job. Technically, they did everything right. They achieved their goal of changing the government. However, from a political standpoint, it was a colossal mistake. Surely, it was political leadership's miscalculation. They should have seen what it would evolve in. Anyway, uh, yeah, they didn't include the beginning of that clip. We make you saying the CIA, but that's what they were talking about. Uh, your previous, you know, involvement and, and Tucker is like, yeah, don't, don't, hey, don't say anything about that. <laughs> it's interesting to see how cold and calculative kind of the position is here. Though, like, it's just a job. These are two. This is what they do. This is intelligence services. They would, they, they will fight each other on this kind of level. It's just kind of what, what it is. Um, here's one thing I do agree with Putin on, which he said is basically like, don't America, don't you have any, don't you have bigger issues right now than like squabble in this and giving billions away to Ukraine? And I, and I agree with that. L listen to what it says here. Do the United States need this? What for? This conflict being thousands of, of miles away from your national territory. That's what America does. Don't you have yep. anything better to do? You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than $33 trillion. You have nothing better to do. So yeah, we speak out against Ukraine. that and we're called Nazis, Putin. <laughs> right? right? We're speaking out against Migration. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's a good point. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia? Make an agreement? Already understanding the situation that is developing today? Yeah, ultimately, I, I agree with that. I think there could have been negotiations. And I think, uh, again, going back to that point, but I think they intentionally said, ah, no, fuck that. And they, I mean, it's the interests that are now uh, in control of Ukraine. And I'm not saying that Zelensky specifically, but he's a little puppet. He's a little rat puppet, you know what I mean? Uh, and he's being used, and it's at the detriment of, of Ukrainians, you know what I mean? Um, Takeaway from Tucker Carlson's interview, most people won't talk about. Uh, from High Impact Flicks. He had a couple of good points here. While they discussed Tucker being rejected by the CIA and Putin's involvement in the KBG, KGB, the CIA's involvement in the Nord Stream bombing and the Nazification of Ukraine, uh, which is, uh, those I think are, are important because it's just like now is an ideological thing. How do you deal with those things? But regardless, he says here, the only substantial issue they briefly touched on was the Petrodoll's domination, eh, whatever. Since they're both Zionist, Zionist control, and that, that's a big deal. I mean, long, mm. don't get me wrong, like that's the influence of the US or whatever. And, and when that fails, what happens then? It'll have huge geopolitical ramifications and whatnot. But uh, since both are Zionists, uh, Zionists control Russia, the U.S. and the U.K. and Israel, and Israel wasn't mentioned at all. There's no mention of what must be done about central bankers and their filthy currency. Silence about the Belt and Road Initiative. It's true. Uh, Putin's close relationship with Kissinger. Putin's alliance with Netanyahu. CBDCs and the importance of resisting it. Silence. Uh, silence about the Zionists who controls Washington D.C. Exactly. Like who? The disproportionate mm -hmm. influence. Uh, this is interesting too. Russia's agreement with the UN's Agenda 2030. You'd think they go in a different direction. Uh, Black Eagle Trust, that's a whole nother wormhole, which is interesting, by the way. Project Hammer, look into that if you're interested in that. Uh, or the Black Eagle Trust, there's some uh, some stuff on that if you want to look into that. 
But yeah, apparently they're still signed up for the sustainable development goals, Russia. Those are some of the things you'd think they'd like jump ship from, like yeah. all these Western things that they're doing. But if you go to the United Nations website, click engage and member states, uh, you can find Russia on there still. Uh, that's Belarusia. Let's try that with an A instead or an I instead. Russian Federation, right there they are. You can click in on that. They're still part of this. They're still signed up for it. And not that this is like the only thing out there or whatever, but they've made statements on this. September 2023, 20, uh, the Russian Federation statement. Um, we know that the, what was it, the Moscow Times said here, uh, Russia along with 192, it's right at the end of the article, other countries in 2015 signed and adopted the Agenda 2030, U UN's Agenda 2030, uh, which focuses on 17 sustainable development goals, eradicating poverty, ensuring people health, living healthy, reducing inequality, and mitigating climate change. Yeah, and it's also like 10 of them is basically about migration and basically population movements and shit like and that. And nationalism, too. too. They I, they had stuff in there about that, too. I remember. Yeah, racism and yeah, <laughs> equality, essentially, right? Those kinds of things. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, you go through this, you think these are the kinds of things that they jump ship from, right? Um, statement by Deputy Prime Minister of the Russian Federation at the Sustainable Development Goals Summit. So they still are allowed into those kinds of things, and they're part of that. They haven't been like pushed out of those, some, some of those things entirely, which I think is kind of interesting, uh, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I think it was uh, was it uh, uh, the EU wanted to have sanctions on Tucker after the interview, which is again, it's it's, it's totally insane. Um, I think he interviews people. That's what he does. And Putin's a world leader. Like, that's just what it is. It's just that, <sighs> again, I think even from their perspective, like, you could, there's things that came out in the interview that they could use and say, hey, look, these are just, you know, uh, these are not good ideas. And these are, these are, uh, in fact, if the West was more balanced, they'd say this denazification thing is crazy and insane, but they don't really push back. There's a couple of articles I showed you there on that, right? Oh, well, it, that's not, it's not really true, you know, kind of thing. Yes, they try to cover <laughs> for those actual actual groups that they're arming and stuff. It's just kind of hilarious, but um, it's better to have things like this done so that you can actually get an insight into these people's minds, what they believe, what they think, how they see the world. And again, summarize, I see some justification there. Uh, we know what the West is doing to be, as some people seem to be, complete. Their hatred for Putin and Russia is so strong, partially because of some of the reasons we brought up, that then they think, oh, it, therefore it's totally fine that Western nations, that essentially also is involved in the same agenda of denazification mm -hmm. and have been since the Second World War. And now we're seeing the fruits of that. When that side arms Ukraine to use them and these Azov troops, then that's a great thing. I think both sides are retarded in this kind of way. Mm, and I'm, and I'm, yes. I'm tired and sick of these people who just seems to be like, all of a sudden the EU is like, what is it based now? You know, NATO is going to be our, is our great savior and shit <laughs> as, as Finland and Sweden is going to join in. No, I think this is, uh, this is we're being played a little bit i think to be honest i think you're when they're sitting there with the red kabbalah jewish folklore mysticism bracelets on we're being i'm saying the whole interview is faking in that sense but i'm saying like we're being played in the sense that like oh here's this great the global south is rising and the BRICS countries they're going to save the world from racism and stuff and here's the west who's also going to save the world from racism and 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 bad nazism and you know actual nationalistic people are just kind of stuck between these things. And if the U.S. and the uh, Western dominance ends in the world, 
You think what's coming after it is any good? It's not good for us now, obviously, but it's not going to be any better. It's mm-hmm. not th- these BRICS, BRICS countries are not going to be like, oh, now they're secretly based. You know, they're going to kick out the. Now we can take down the tranny flags or something like that. And it's like, okay, yay, that's a good progress. If that even will happen, I, I doubt it at that point. But if you can do that, okay, great, that's one step forward. But that doesn't mean no, they're going to be like initiate a denazification plan of all of the West if they could. I mean, their boot were going to be on our necks as hard or maybe even harder. Some Chinese, Russian uh, with this mentality. Um, you their know, hammers and sickles. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly right. Um, so anyway, that's kind of that's that's what I got. That's it. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's it's disappointing uh, to be honest. You think you'd have true counterbalance, and and he said it before, but like here's here's someone who can actually call out what's wrong in the West. You know what and I mean? He has said some good things in the past, but he flips and flops <laughs> around in every direction, and and almost tries to play two sides in a way. It's like Elon Musk. <laughs> they all play two sides. Yeah, we're like stuck between these two poles, and now you have to, not though it counts as poles. Um, <laughs> but you always have to remember, just like the West, we are not our world leaders. Like the Russian people are not, you know, Putin. It's like, it's it's different. It's two different things. Yep, exactly. Uh, no, it is. It's true. At the end of the day, is this beneficial for the people in these countries? Nah, they're not. You know, I mean, it, it's it, it's, these are still politicians they're still self-serving even though they say something good it's something like the, the u.s is like oh look at look at the matt G- gats or gates like go goes after mallorca's here in this clip and it's great you know it's like well it's a lot of talking i don't see anything actually being done about it mm-hmm. and, the, and meanwhile the invasion continues and they failed even those republicans do you think then would be like oh they're gonna they're gonna stand up to protect the border or whatever the hell it is they couldn't even impeach uh, Mallorca's in in the house, the house, right, which is controlled by Republicans. Now we had five Republicans joining the Democrat side. They say, actually, this guy is a Holocaust victim. Okay, so we can't do this to Mallorca's. All right. Anyway, uh, we had one here from uh, we have here uh, the Virginian Drifter. Good to see you, man. Says, oh, yeah, uh, "Hey, Henrik Alana, question. I'm subscribed through Odyssey, but never get notifications, even though the bell is full and has the bars around. Does Odyssey even send mobile notifications on the app?" Have a great. I do get. Have a great weekend. You too. Uh, I do get notifications on the app. But do, do I do when people go live? Uh, I'm not sure. But new content, I get. I'm not sure why that would be. Try. I mean, it's kind of it sucks to have multiple things, I guess. But uh, uh, you know, Rumble, I think, sends out notifications. I, I see those. It's got to just be some error on that side. I don't know. I don't know what the future of Odyssey is going to be, to be honest, considering everything's up in the air with that. So maybe they just stopped developing certain things or something. I do see notifications from there, but not everyone does. Um, I guess try un- undo them and then <laughs> do them again or something, or unfollow and then refollow again. Uh, BMC1488 says, uh, Hail Red Ice, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Henrik Alona, thank you. 14, 14 to you as well, sir. Uh, appreciate it. Okay. Right, oh, by the way, so it's, it's not Lana. true that Putin's health is bad. I okay. saw there was just something January, January 10th here, 2024. Yeah. Uh, a Russian doctor said, no, that's all lies, lies on the Internet. Uh, he, he's in excellent health. All right. Okay. Well, that's what they, what was it? Was it uh, British press have a lot of shit continuously about what, you know, inside. We know what's happening and Putin fell down and, you know, shit like that. Um 
I know that a lot of, the, and even if it happened, granted, not they probably wouldn't admit it or, or something like that. But the point is, he doesn't have forever. I mean, he's going to be out at some point. And the question is, what takes over? What's that going to look like? I don't even know. Putin should have spent his time looking for an actual successor that like will ensure their interest. But I, I don't know. It could go down on the tubes for them if they don't watch out, to be honest, as, as any country. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, frustrating. Legitimate, some legitimate claims and some good things came out of it in terms of, you know, looking at just the West's culpability in this. But at the end of the day, no, it's it's not a, a, an option, especially when you talk about this ridiculous denazification bullshit, which is like, how do you even you know, define this stuff? All right, guys, um, a little bit different show today, more, you know, just a handful of topics or whatever, but uh, whatever we uh, felt it was necessary to cover it. Uh, if you want to join us for more, please uh, check out uh, Western Warrior over at RedHouseMembers.com. That's coming up uh, next here. Uh, sign up for a membership is only 10 bucks a month. You can, of course, do it on Odyssey or Subscribestar or Locals uh, as well. And if you get, did get uh, an executive producer tier or producer tier recently, uh, and if you're not in the list, reach out to us. We can get you in there as soon as possible. Uh, great way to support us as well if you want to get one of those. Uh, get a shout-out at the end of the show. So with that, <coughs> got to cough that out here. Thank you, everybody. T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeeves, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Dillabob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, We also have Purple Haze, Rex Ballington, Commie Combo Deal, The Dearborn Toxic Event, Brendan Anthony, Penelope 7 USA, and we also have Bertrand Comparat and Dixie Drone Force. Thank you guys, and thanks to our producers, Mr. Walker696, Johansson, Leroy Dumond, Snork Pop, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yurinu, Obadiah Hexwell, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, and next one is actually supposed to be Lord H.P. Lovecraft. We'll get that uh, updated next here. Trevor, Der Schwabe, and Sonata for Violin. Thank you, guys. Again, if you want to upgrade one of those, or if you're uh, not yet a member and want to get one of those, you can do it at redashmembers.com. You can get it at Subscribestar or at odyssey.com. All right. I guess that's it for us then. Uh, All righty. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. I think we're caught up. Is there any I think so, too. Other yeah. ones? Let me double check so we don't miss anybody. See, now I get that stuff on Odyssey again. I can't, I can't see the latest ones for some reason. We're caught up. I think we're caught up. All right, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate your support today. We'll be back with more here over the weekend. Have a great one, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take see care. Ya. Bye. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.